Hey, real quick, if you're a return listener and you love low-value mail as much as I love doing it, please just do me a solid, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help. All right, on to the show. What is up, everybody? We are live. Uh, Let me know if the audio levels are good for everybody. I've been tinkering around. There's a goddamn hair on the fucking microphone. Who knows who that belongs to? But welcome, guys. It's the female dating strategy, low-value stream. Um, we, uh, you know, I just decided it's such a nice day outside. Let's, let's play two. Let's play two. So we're doing two, and we're doing bingo, everybody. Uh, we got female dating strategy bingo on deck. So we'll, this is what we're going to do, okay? We're going to do a test run, uh, for episode one, we're just going to try it out because I don't know exactly. We uh, shout out to Taz from the Discord. He made the bingo card, right? But I don't know if it's comprehensive enough uh, for, like, you know, I'm just like, maybe it'll, we're all going to have bingo in five minutes or something and it'll kind of be, be a bit uh, pointless. So, anyways, we're going we're gonna to do a test run in episode one. We're going to do two episodes back to back. It's going to be incredibly exciting. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining. Again, as always, if you want to access to just the audio of this podcast, sorry, I'm just making some tweaks here. If you want access to just the audio, uh, sign up at the Patreon, patreon.com slash low value mail, where you can get, um, no, no, I know the Wallaby, I know, so Wallaby says the idea is that there's a bunch of different cards, but I don't know how many inputs there were, so, like, total inputs, so I don't know how different the cards are going to be, but I guess we'll see, we'll see, I don't know, like, maybe they're, they do them all and it'll be in fucking a minute. Anyways, thank you everybody for joining. Um, Wallaby, can you handle like, because that's the thing with the bingo too, is it needs to get like called out. Like normally in bingo, it's all like they have a list of all the things that are said, but these chicks are just saying stuff. So whatever, we're going to do a test run. This is an iterative process. We have 50 more episodes to go. We're going to get there. We're going to figure this out. Um, so let's, let's, uh, do this. And I got to say, I listened to the first, uh, 30 seconds of this episode and it's bad. It's bad. I also got people were, a lot of people were saying it's too low. So here's a, here's an issue with the female dating strategy podcast. They don't mix it. So their levels are all different. So some of them are too quiet. Some of them are too loud. So I got this app that lets me just bring up the overall volume. So now the quiet ones are good, uh, you know, noise. And then the sound level, and then the loud ones are loud as shit. I don't know. I, you can't please everybody. Um, so anyways, without further ado, we're going to do episode three. Shout out to everybody on Rumble, by the way. I'm streaming the female dating strategy stream for the first time on Rumble. So if you're watching on Rumble, shout out all the top Gs over on Rumble. Uh, and without further ado, even though I've said that four times, episode three of the female dating strategy podcast titled, and this is all you need to know about how obnoxious the beginning is of... The Bridgerton episode. So I hope you guys all love Bridgerton. Let's go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen of the pod, to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Today we're going to talk about those scandalous Bridgertons and the scheming Featheringtons <laughs> and the handsome Duke Hastings. I'm your host, Lady Whistlerow. And I'm Lady Lilith. And I am Lady Savannah. And today we're going to. I uh, see. I went to Cockney, didn't I? Cockney. Yeah, I was going to like Australian sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and today we'll be talking about Bridgerton. Bridge, Bridgerton. 
Was that good? That was A1. That was brilliant. I love okay. it. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, you do it. Go for it. Okay, three, two, one. Welcome to Round the two. Dating Strategy We're gonna try this again. Podcast. I am your host, Lady Lilith, and I'm here with my guests, Lady Whistlerow and Lady Savannah. And today we will be talking about. Oh fuck! I can't do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just... Let's hope they try a third time. We're talking about Bridget. <laughs> Anyways. Oh god. No more accents. Okay. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Bridgerton. Woo! Okay. Oh, they're actually talking about Bridgerton. Okay, I'm sorry. So, the hot and scandalous new show on oh. Netflix, and we're going to. What does this have to do with female how did, dating? How did everybody feel about it? Because my, I'm going to give you my initial reaction, and then you guys tell me what you think. Initial reaction: I actually really love the show. It's pure, it's pure Shonda Rhimes, right? Oh, uh, I love Shonda Rhimes. Characters, no heroes, no real villains, complex storytelling. Okay. I know she adapted and already. Uh, I know they. I'm just going to say this right now. If enough people want me to just not even do this episode, we'll see how this goes. But if this is a straight up, we're just doing Bridgerton, I'm going to vote maybe we skip this episode because this is not female dating strategy. This is a bunch of fucking hens clucking about some TV show. So. They changed some things for the show itself and she adapted a text from a book. But I, I think it really had a very Shonda Rhimes feel to it. Yeah. Should I give my initial reaction to the to Bridgerton? Yeah, initial reaction. Okay, so yep. yes, it was very Shonda Rhimes. However, <laughs> I hated the characters so much. Like the whole time, <laughs> the whole time it's and this is not like Shonda Rhimes. This is like the whoever wrote the book. Mm-hmm. That's their fault. Uh, and I absolutely hated Simon. <laughs> I hated Daphne. Yeah, we'll give it two minutes. We're going to give it two minutes, but I'm on Team Skip right now. Because, like, Daphne is like, like, why would you go for the fuck boy when there's, like, Prince Frederick right there? He seems like such a, like, you two have, like, the same goals. You both want to have a family. Why are you going to go for the guy that's, like, doesn't want to have kids? If you want kids, like, just doesn't make any fucking This is what this devolved into in the third episode? problematic themes in the show, which I think we should Problematic themes? That's on the bingo card. Problematic. Savannah. So initial impressions was that it was really well made. I thought it was very true to that. I'm skipping this, guys. I'm pulling the plug on this episode. Uh, it's 50 minutes of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You, Cynthia says keep going. All right. This is hard. Um, but I didn't really like... I guess this was a symptom of old, um, you know, older <laughs> society, but just the whole idea that women have to be picked. Oh, for which sure. Which is nah, sis. For me. The whole the whole system is a pick me system, and it's kind of complicated. Cause let's give it a minute. Let's give it a minute about this show while ignoring that it's basically female sexual slavery, <laughs> where they're just auctioning off these girls to whatever old man wants them. You know, it's kind of gross when you think about really what's happening <laughs> in the nitty gritty of that. But I think there's some. I think Cynth- the- Cynthia is causing a lot of issues here because she wants to listen to this. Let's give it like a minute here. Just give, we'll give it another ninety there's seconds. Enough- themes in the show to make it a salvageable show worth viewing and discussing yeah i think there's good interesting themes to dissect <laughs> although i will say that so like I'm kind of a like historical costume nerd sort of person Ooh. like i'm really interested in like historical fashion history. i love historical fashion and it just drove me crazy they're using like machine embroidery oh shut the fuck the, up this like, is what we're so talking about on the like, female dating strategy podcast of the costumes that to me were just like like it looks too perfect it lo- it's well 
because back then they didn't have machine embroidery. You'd be making like embroidery by hand. You wouldn't have the whole dress be embroidered. You'd have it like. Yeah, it's because it's a fucking TV show. What kind of how? You can't watch a TV show and just enjoy the TV show knowing that, yeah, they didn't make every costume by hand. In certain, you know, strategic areas, right? <laughs> so that just like, re- that was just something that just drove me crazy the whole time I was watching it. But other than yeah, that, yeah, I'd say it was, oh, and the hair and makeup and stuff. Yeah, that that was also more modern. The makeup and then the fact that they were using modern music. <laughs> I think they had a bunch of Ariana Grande songs that they then... Put to music, put to classical music. They, they had Thank You Next playing in the background, <laughs> which I thought was very appropriate for that scene. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it overall, but there are some elements to it that I think uh, we should we should talk about. Um, I think I'll start on, let's discuss who your favorite character was. All right. I, Either your, your favorite character, meaning well, I love the energy of this character. I've never watched this show. Hate, like where you're just. We, we got to skip this, right? This is a uh, skip. Every time you come, come on the screen. You just remind me of something <laughs> negative, right? So this is a skip, uh, to right? Take that off. I I think that I'm gonna put a poll up. My favorite character is Lady Featherington, and she fucking love Lady Lady Featherington. Set her up to be okay. Polls polls live. On. Two minutes. So in the first couple of episodes, polls live. See her, and she's kind of a gossip, Photo away. and a busybody, and she's uh, very short with people, <sighs> and um, she seems really. I mean, she's. Just like all of them, but she's very, very obsessed with trying to get her daughters <laughs> married off well. And mm-hmm. one of the things that she mm-hmm. does, or one of the things that makes her... I can't believe people are voting to not skip this shit. When she's charged with taking in her niece or her husband's niece, Marina... Okay, this is the most boring shit. Okay, everybody... The people have spoken. It's time to skip. It's time to skip. All right. That was a... All right. We had a good run there. Uh... I don't know if episode four is going to be much better, but we are on to episode four of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. What's up, Queens? Welcome to the Female Dating What's Strategy. up, Queens? I'm your host, Ro. I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. Okay, so this episode... <laughs> this episode is titled Megan and Harry versus the Royal Family, the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, episode four. This is potential... <laughs> We did, you know what? Yes, half of you voted, but it was such a unanimous. It was like eighty four percent, and there was like forty people voted. So I think that was kind of all that needed because I don't think it was going to be over fifty percent to listen. So, and we have a great shout out to the scrotes. We're going to talk all things royal family, including that new interview with Meghan and Harry and Oprah that's garnering a lot of controversy right now in the British press, specifically from one Piers Morgan. What have I done? What have I done undertaking this project? What have I done? So from watching the interview with Meghan and Harry and Oprah, I mean, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me is like, first of all, she seemed really, really naive about the British royal family. And as an American, I have to admit, I don't know that much either. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if there's like more history there that you can go into. <laughs> Yeah, what have I so done? The resident FDS historian will now take over and give you a whistle-stop tour of the um, history of the royal family. Just to put the, the Meghan and Harry interview into more context, because it seems like a lot of the people who are watching that interview may not necessarily... Great restart, you didn't miss shit. Family, um, you know, works as an institution. So... The- 
By the way, Matt Curry made a good point. He says, so after the first two episodes, is this just a gossip podcast? If they got all of their points out in just the first two episodes, and then they were like, which a lot of podcasts happen, where they go, we got a good idea, and then we're like, what is this? We'll just talk shit and hang out. The royal family is essentially, like any royal family, is about self-preservation. <laughs> you know, they are all about, you know, producing heirs and passing down their wealth, titles, and rules and customs down to the next generation so they can keep going. And so power remains with them. So in terms of the royal family, when it comes to marriage and relationships, they don't operate on the same, I guess they don't subscribe to the same rules that we would do. So, for example, William and Harry, they have to get the Queen's permission, you know, when they want to marry somebody. So the Queen can... Yeah, obviously when you're like a prince, yeah, if you're in the royal family, they operate on a slightly different set of rules. I don't think you need to be British to understand that. Actually veto, um, you know, their, their marriage if she deems that person unsuitable. This did actually happen... Back in the 1950s, when the Queen's sister, Princess Margaret, wanted to marry uh, group captain Peter Townsend. Um, uh, group captain was a, a divorcee and his ex-wife was still alive. And at that time, um, people in the Church of England couldn't remarry if their spouse was still alive. Oh, so wow. that, yeah, so the Queen essentially told her sister no and her sister had to marry somebody else. It was the same story with Charles. Now... Charles. As much as Charles is <laughs> satisfies many, um, he ticks many boxes on the low value scale. He <laughs> Imagine saying that Prince Charles, even you guys, you can and girls. So I just didn't know this. You can be a prince of England and still be low value. So it's not just about money. It's not just about money to you. Camilla in the 1970s. But at the time, um, Camilla was suitable because it was common knowledge amongst the aristocracy that she was essentially not a virgin. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So he couldn't marry her because she was publicly not a virgin? So she had the pedigree and everything was fine. Ooh. Yeah, so she had, like, public boyfriends and it was basically common knowledge that she wasn't a virgin. So she wasn't deemed suitable. And fun fact, Charles actually dated Diana's friend. It was basically called he dated Diana. Oh wow! Also, wasn't wasn't Prince Charles kind of a fuckboy? Like he wasn't a virgin when he got married. Oh, one hundred percent. He was in his thirties when, um, and he had a series of you know girlfriends, mistresses. He was actually dating Camilla um, under the table before he had to end that because she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't make a suitable bride. So essentially, Diana and um, Princess Diana walked into a a marriage where you know she wasn't really wanted by her partner. Um, because he was still pining after Camilla. So, um, so yeah, so Charles wasn't a virgin. He was 32 when he married Diana and Diana was, was primarily chosen because she was, she had the right, you know, social standing. She was a lady and she was a virgin. (laughs) That was quite a big deal at the time. Who was a virgin? So if we then, uh, fast forward to, to William and Harry's childhood, we see, um, we see, um, you know, he went through the very public divorce of his parents. Um, Charles and Camilla were recorded basically having quite graphic phone sex and it was splashed all over the papers. Wait, there's a r- audio recording of Prince Charles having phone sex? Are we going to have to listen to that? 
And then we see, you know, like Harry loses his mother in a very public and traumatic way. There is actually footage of, you know, him as, you know, at his mother's funeral, having to walk behind her coffin in front of millions of people. And he wasn't allowed to cry. Like that is one of the rules of the royal families that you'll never see them cry in public. Um, it's a good rule. So it seems it's good rule like, for the boys. So it seems like Harry <laughs> has been traumatised by the death of his mother. And if we look at his position, he was, you know, they referred to William and Harry in the papers at the time as the heir and the spare, which is quite, which, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, bust out the violin for Harry as he's still a millionaire, but it's quite, you know, upsetting to know that you'll always be second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, fiddle to your brother, depending on how many children he has. And Princess Diana always used to say that she, you know, she would always give Harry a bit more attention when they were boys because she said William will one day be king and he will have all the attention and adulation and adoration, um, you know, but Harry, you know, won't. And we see this when he starts to become a young man, he sort of goes off the rails. So he was seen, you know, dressing up as a Nazi. Wait, what? That is a bit off the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I was going to ask about that. It was for a goddamn Halloween party, okay? It could happen to anybody. That... And he was an American when he did that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he went through a phase from like 2002 to about 2008 where he just went off the rails. Like, he called one of his... Because he served in the army. Um, and he called another soldier, like, a racial slur. Um, he was caught doing strip poker in Vegas. Like, he just did all the sorts of things that, I guess, a wild child, so to speak, would do. And that's... I sort of understand that because he doesn't really have a place in the British royal family, especially after, you know, William, you know, married Kate Middleton and they started having a family. He was essentially... <laughs> He was essentially made irrelevant by the arrival of his nieces and his nephews because it pushes him further and further down the line of succession. So we see Harry sort of having an existential crisis almost and then comes along, you know, Meghan Markle. Now, from the interview, I... Okay, right after this episode, we're going to cover the... Uh, just remind me, but we're going to go check out the Prince Charles uh, sex tape. Agree with Phone sex, not sex tape. Oh my God, imagine having to watch a Prince Charles sex tape. That some kind of sort of punishment. That she comes across as very naive about how the royal family works. To, naive to the point where I struggled to believe at first that like she didn't Google him at all. I was like, how do you not Google somebody in 2020 or whenever they got together, 2018? Do you know what I mean? I mean, and the thing is, he could have easily have been like Prince Naveen and Princess and the Frog have no money. Like, you would just want to Google just to make sure that he is who he says he is. So, yeah. I mean, what everybody knows, though, like, you don't need to, go like, what is she so cooked that she doesn't know that? Like, I mean, well, she said Prince they had Harry? mutual friends and those mutual friends vouched for him. I could see it being like, especially of the celebrity classes, that they understand the tabloids write nonsense all the time. So I would have believed her more if she said, oh, I did Google him, but I didn't believe any of these things or I didn't completely understand. Because well, she did say she didn't completely understand the firm. or. The I know I'm not doing all. Do we skip this one, too? What are we thinking about here? The job. Is this a skip? There's not really. Uh, uh, there's there's the British royal family's public image and then behind the scenes, which is not necessarily. This isn't female dating strategies. This is, it's just a bunch of chicks gossiping again not to Americans, but I kind of felt like she would have at least Googled, you know, certain aspects of the Royal family that she seemed to be somewhat, uh, 
naive about. And even if she didn't, I I feel like Harry had a responsibility to clue her in because Harry has actually lost girlfriends. Like he was with a woman called Chelsea Davy for about seven years. She ended up leaving him because she couldn't handle being a royal or the the potential of being a royal. Um, she was like, nah, I'm out. Like, because it's a very, very restrictive life. It's not like Disney. Um, you can't even go and see your parents. If you marry into them, you can't even go and see your parents when you want. They have to, it has to all be, you know, pre-planned, pre-arranged, um, pre-authorised. You don't really have a say in what clothes you wear or how you present yourself. They dress pretty fucking normal. I mean, I imagine you can't wear track pants out in public, but that's not that crazy. Uh, well, she she did mention, or hey, what's up, mention tech girl about, too. like, wanting to go to the hospital or just wanting to just leave to go somewhere and it being like a huge... Yeah, their strategies are literally just fucking gossiping about the royal family. This is their female dating strategy? It's just fucking talking about the royal family you can't just leave the royal family to i agree go to the grocery store we're gonna leave the poll open for another minute minute 20 seconds like it's a massive undertaking every oh boohoo you can't go to the fucking grocery store who wants I to go to the grocery a store ma- a massive undertaking and public pr job every time you're in the public so i don't know to the extent that she was a- aware of that is i think what she was trying to say and yeah and harry should have clued her in because she even said that she didn't really know that she was supposed to curtsy or how to curtsy. And then Harry had to teach her minutes before meeting the queen. The thing is, as American, I think we don't necessarily take the royal monarchy seriously, especially since obviously we broke off 250 years ago because we were like, fuck your figgy pudding ass monarchy. Fuck <laughs> so, your figgy pudding uh, ass monarchy. She didn't think all the formalities were like real. You know what I'm saying? Like there's the formalities in public and then there's the people. So she might have thought it was is more or less the same as being a Hollywood person where you call the paparazzi to do certain PR jobs. But like behind the scenes are just regular people. But I guess, no, everything is curated. Their entire life is curated <laughs> to present an image. I remember um, watching the news while I was in the gym, just like on the TV. There was a whole news story about her um, closing the door. Like, that was a, a whole drama where she closed her own car door. And All right, episode four. That's been episode four in the fucking books. That was, uh, that was a real stinker right there, let me tell you. I really hope. I, I have a feeling these girls are going to find their stride. They started this podcast. It seems like they started this out of necessity because they kind of their shit got blown up and they go, we got to start a podcast. They're going to figure it out. And on the plus side... We will catch up sooner because we're not going to do these crappy ones. 80%, if you're listening at home, we got 81% saying, which is basically the same number as the last one. 80% of people want it over. All right. On to episode five of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Vice Media comes for the queens. Is a little bit better. Okay. We got Vice Media... This is episode five of the Female Dating Strategy podcast entitled Vice Media Comes for the Queens from uh, what day is this? Was was this? I don't know. Who gives a shit? Let's go. What's up, Queens? Welcome to What's the up, Female Queens? Dating Strategy. I'm your host, Ro. I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. Okay. We're going to address that Vice article. That okay. We now we're talking about the female dating strategy. There's a lot of stuff in there that quite frankly is very dishonest in its coverage and in other ways very offensive. Vice dishonest? Well, I never. I never. 
So we thought we would address it on the podcast. I know there were some write-ups on the subreddit as well, but just to address it and so you can kind of hear directly from us what's really, really not true here, just kind of examine how the media builds these narratives to say, you know, whatever they want, regardless of your intent. Let's kick it off here. The title of the article is Brutal Relationship Advice for Women from the Internet's Most Ruthless Dating Site. <laughs> I mean, and then the sub the subtitle is, you know, female dating strategy looks like blah, 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 blah. But critics say its philosophy is nothing more than toxic misandry. Okay, get fucked. Like, yeah, I mean, tell them, queens. What I really find offensive is this picture of a woman hunchbacked over this laptop and i mean they're really <laughs> trying to make her look like an insect like a femme so. all right let's <laughs> they're trying to make her look deranged yeah and the quotes that they've pulled out it's quite insidious what they've done because right, taken out of context that. those quotes would seem like yeah we are you know misandrous because there's no context to you know, if we look at the posts that are made on FDS, some of them are essays, right? And they provide a lot of context, but she's literally, or, you know, whoever, I'm guessing she, you know, signs off, but she's literally picked out, you know, phrases that without context will convey that toxic misandry in quotation marks. And the only thing I noticed too is especially bad faith actors, they can't tell. When First off, there is a bit of toxic misandry in this. It's why we like them are clearly joking or trolling and then when it's serious and that was kind of that's actually been the funniest thing about watching men and like what we call picnies react to us because sometimes we're clearly fucking trolling right <laughs> and they take it as if it's dead serious and then spread it all over the place yeah. like can you believe these crazy people and like a lot sometimes i will say can you believe how much we all have in common with these girls it's just mirroring things that were said in the manosphere but they they don't get the irony because women are used to hearing these kinds of this kind of rhetoric all the time if you're a woman you've been on the on the internet at any length of time you're going to hear this level of vitriol when it comes to misogyny so anything that's like even closely approaching something that's critical of men a fraction of which most women experience online they panic because they're not used to hearing it right so if we just say like yeah you should keep you know you should keep men in scrotation like kind of being funny (laughs) Uh, that's funny keeping men in scrotation that is fucking funny but you know we're actually holy shit are kind of we do um encourage like you to date multiple people but it's nothing different than all these guys talking about keeping harem and like a gaggle of hose in every Scrotation. area you know what i'm saying so sometimes it's just like wow like now everybody's decided to be outraged right <laughs> <laughs> like my problem with this article is it just reinforces the whole thing where when a man does something misogynistic or shitty like nobody cares but as soon as a woman does something even one percent as bad as what men do all of the time all of a sudden then it's a bad thing right like people used to say oh like women can't be incels until they started to realize that the incel could be a label that could be used to insult women right so then then so then they're like okay now women can be incels because now i can use it against you or you know male promiscuity nothing wrong with that if a woman but if a woman wants to go on you know dates with more than one person at at any given uh, period of time oh my gosh like you're dehumanizing men and blah 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 like so the it's frustrating when men can just basically do whatever they want to women and face no criticism and when we criticize them that doesn't go anywhere but when we mimic them or are ironic about it or make fun of them by sort of like repeating what they do you know using irony 
then that gets okay now suddenly that's a bad thing now that women are doing it I would, I would say they get criticism, but they get more empathy. And this author in particular wrote articles about incels and was like all about having empathy for these guys. Who- I mean, obviously the empathetic angle for men versus women, incels versus femcels or whatever, is that men, it actually is more difficult for them. Like, like a woman, if a woman goes, I'm involuntarily celibate, you go, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, you really can't get anybody to fuck you, huh? Really, huh? When in reality, their standards are too high. The men, their standards are also too high, but they might be sometimes too far gone to get anything. Flat out hate women and, and want like, the government to distribute us and who have committed hate crimes. So I just kind of think the approach to how sometimes they're, they're criticizing female dating strategy as if like we're outrageous for feeling the things we feel. Um, and while at the same time being horribly sympathetic to the manosphere people as if like these are just lost guys instead of bad actors and dangerous people like who who very much take seriously the things that they're saying there's a clearly a double standard there all right so so the first paragraph on first scroll female dating strategy looks like any other straight women's self-help site between its bright pink borders you'll see a selection of empowering memes a bustling advice forum and articles on getting over heartbreak you'll see women don't owe you shit slogans and pastel colored platitudes about becoming your best self and first of all that women don't owe you shit that was shout out to holly berry because that's actually where that came from queen (laughs) queen mother absolute uh (laughs) and then she goes on to say the core message behind it all men are brain dead and ass garbage and they need to be ruthlessly evaluated before you form an emotional attachment first of all facts (laughs) yeah Yeah, men and women evaluate their partners differently that you should evaluate men before forming an emotional attachment i'm still crying at the ass garbage because i'm like i don't know where that came (laughs) it was probably i don't know where it came from either you can find the thing is like because we have it's reddit and if you're on reddit you could go to any sub and you'll find whatever you're looking for right because it's an open public forum we as much as possible try to curate our our comments but we have plenty plenty of people that make it through the newbie flair and you know they say whatever right they say inflammatory stuff and so <laughs> i'm sure like if you look at it i'm sure somebody said it but it kind of cracks me up that it's more or less you know they're, they're running with this in particular and i think you know like the next line even if you think you've met a decent one you should re- by the way james says something that we all want to know and i looked into it so james says we all need to know what these chicks look like they all have twitter accounts if you go there's a female dating strategy podcast twitter account and then they link to all their accounts but there's not dummies. There's no photos of them anywhere. Not that I can find. Remain on your guard. It's almost comes across as, you know, we are being almost paranoid, even though it's been well documented that sometimes in, especially in intimate relationships, which are actually the most dangerous place for a woman to be in, a woman is more likely to be murdered or raped or attacked by a man that she knows than anywhere else. It just seems incredibly dismissive of a lot of women's experiences. You know, we've all heard of that or or had that relationship where everything was great for the first three, six, you know, 12 months. And then all of a sudden we're in a relationship with somebody that we don't recognize. And this is, you know, well documented in books like Why Does He Do That, for example. Why does she do that? Creep That happens. Abuse creep. Like, it's a real thing. That is how they lure people in, by being nice to them, by making them feel on top of the world. Um, You know, love bombing. Abusive guys don't punch you in the face on the first date, right? 
It's like the boiling frog theory, where if you put a frog in a pot of hot water, it'll jump out. But if you put a frog in a pot of cold water and then slowly turn up the aggression and the heat, then a lot of times it'll boil to death. So the on guard portion is because of the fact that you can have abuse creep. It's never that bad until it is bad suddenly, until suddenly you're boiling alive and you're like, how did I get here? And that and that's how these guys work. And if you're not aware of that, never that start bad to until it always bad. look at the first three months when they were love bombing you as reflective of their character rather than evaluating them on a long basis, which needs bombing? to happen for, for your own self-protection. Yeah. And so then by extension, by saying, Oh, even if you think you... By the way, is anybody keeping track of the bingo? What's going on with bingo? I, I, I can't manage the bingo at the same time. Let's just love bombing because I don't... Okay, love bombing occurs just because they use this term a lot. This is a common term. Occurs when someone bombs you with extreme displays of attention and affection. Although it can be a positive aspect of the beginning of a relationship, it can lead to gaslighting and abuse. I mean, guys are trying to get laid at the beginning of a relationship. Yeah, they're fucking pulling out all the stops. Obviously. I mean, girls too. Uh, maybe they don't do the love bombing because it's the relate. You know, it doesn't. The power dynamic doesn't work in that sense. But they just, yeah, they talk to you a lot. Yeah, because they're trying to get laid. Yeah, guys will be uh, communicate you more when they're trying to get laid than when it's clear that you don't want to fuck them. What kind of fucking term is that? When you should remain on your guard, and then framing that as though that's unreasonable. It's so insulting to the millions of women out there who have had exactly that experience where yeah he seems decent at first and then he let you guard down and that's when the abuse starts yeah if you want to protect yourself from abuse yeah you should have your guard up yeah i i think we're really big advocates of men showing their character slowly over time and really really almost ignoring their behavior during like the first like three months uh not I me mean, not i mean there's certain markers that you should reach, but really, really saying, hey, the person you meet in the first three months, that's a representative of who they are. The person you're going to meet over the next year, pay attention to when to these these little red flags that seem small to you or that you justify in your head because those things more than likely grow into big issues along the line. Because if, if they're on their best behavior in the first three months and they're already showing, you know, what we would call yellow and red flags, then it will only escalate from there. Yeah, um, probably. So yeah, I, I think I, I agreed with you, Lilith, <laughs> that they're really trying to make it seem as if that's an unreasonable, unreasonable expectation or unreasonable vetting strategy for women to have. But again, Vice uh, hates women having boundaries like a lot of these media magazines I've come to understand do. But every time we make, they say, Based. if we make boundaries, suddenly everything that women want to do is crazy and unreasonable. And I don't like being gaslit like this by this kind of Bingo. article because I actually think they're putting forth a dangerous idea that women don't have a right to do that, right? Yeah, agreed. Moving on to the next paragraph, you know, thinking... Not what world are we living in where these chicks are like, vice is dangerous to women? Crazy. To Crazy men, stuff. in quotation marks, is, you know, detrimental to your safety, reasons one poster. Um, I feel like this is aged really badly, given the, you know, events that have happened in the UK and the fallout where women on mass are essentially saying look you know we you know we're not saying it's all men but we don't know which men so therefore you know it's wise to be wary of all men because okay i would just like to make it clear and the great Artie lang said this on a podcast once and it has stuck with me for a long time okay it's not just men like he said it. He goes. His dad gave him this advice. He goes, "You got to find the right broad." That was that was his. And I'm like, look, I've seen it in friends of mine. People are like, 
You know, you find the right chick, find the right guy, it could be great, or it could ruin your fucking life if you're wrong. It isn't, it isn't easy to distinguish. And it sort of goes back to the previous paragraph where, you know, they're saying, even if you've met a decent one, you, again, it isn't always possible to tell. You know, women, you know, have, you know, suffered abuse at the hands of their husbands, boyfriends, even their friends, their, you know, their fathers, you know, people who, you know, they you know, they thought would, you know, I guess, you know, protect them and respect them and take care of them when they're vulnerable. Police officers. Police officers. Police exactly. officers. So this part has aged very, very badly. <laughs> very badly. I mean, just considering a lot of women just saying, hey, it's not like these guys are running around with a handlebar mustache and uh, black clothes looking like villains, right? It, it, to to the average mustache. woman, these guys don't necessarily present immediate red flags to us and a lot of that has yeah, to do with quite, neither do women though you frankly, never know I think a lot of it has to do with articles like these where they gaslight women out of their self-protective instinct and second guessing themselves when they encounter things that should be deal breakers and this is why i i mean this is why i think it's so important for us to address this publicly because i feel like this is exactly the kind of thing we're talking about when it comes to the media where they are so they're always saying how we have choices, and then when we don't make choices they think we should, they're always saying that women's boundaries are wrong. Like, yes. even self-protective boundaries. I, I don't understand it. Self-protective boundaries that don't even hurt other people. These are, and these aren't, like, outrageous ones, quite frankly. Yeah, we're just, we're just saying block and delete. Like, our boundaries are not even, like, causing harm to other people. It's entirely about our own protection. This is not like the red pill where they're saying, oh, I'm going to videotape every sexual encounter so I don't get accused of rape. Like, we're just saying, like, be, yeah, be reasonably on your guard. Look for those red flags. That's just basic self-preservation advice. That's, that's what you have to do. So, okay, so moving on. FDS has helped my self-confidence tremendously, says Kristen, uh, who has been an FDS subscriber for 14 months. She credits the subreddit for encourages self-development over finding a man, for pushing her into therapy, business training, and helping her to find a new job. My self-esteem has been nothing always, she tells Vice over Reddit PMs. But through FDS, I realized self-improvement should be the main priority, which I appreciate the, the really good feedback that we got from this person. And I, and I have to say, part of the reason that we keep doing this is because of the feedback that we're getting for women. That's why I like, keep doing this, finally, guys. Finally, I feel such a relief off my shoulders to know that other women even virtually support me, right? A lot of women are out here with no support. And so FDS has kind of filled that space to say, even if you don't know us, like, we believe in you. There's people here that have skills that can help you. We can talk through issues that you're having. It's become a really, really good support system and you know the most important thing i think the most you know, valuable thing about fds is that we you know we center women first and this is what angers the men over reddit who feel very shut out from the subreddit but it's like women are put first you know we will you know we'll also tell you you know girl you need to you know block and delete but we'll also celebrate with you we'll also you know commiserate with you when you know the guy who you thought was high value turns out to be low value like you know we will put you it happens i mean the last episode or whatever last episode two 80 percent of men are high val low value no, and that is a really really unique thing and you know like you said bro that you know not you know not many people have that having you know that sort of you know environment when i was going through my own um you know relationship it would have been it would have been really, really useful to, you know, for me to understand that actually this is not necessarily a me problem. This is more systemic than I thought. Okay. 
I'm sure, you know, every relationship is different, but I hope they're not like, and I feel like they might be where they go, none of this is ever our fault, but you know, you're contributing. Yeah. And I, that's a big uh, sticking point with, and we can go, maybe go further in this, this article, but I think there's a lot of pretending that a lot of these issues that women have with men are individual problems. But when we talk about how almost all the women we know have experienced some form of sexual assault, catcalling, uh, emotional abuse, um, neglect, things like that in their relationships. That's patriarchy. All those things combined Ugh. to me is Bingo. patriarchy. And it seems Hit like it. they're trying to always make it like a personal problem of these individual wi- women rather than, oh, you're just picking the wrong guy. Right. When women talk about the bad experiences that we've had, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're just, you. it's the law of attraction. Like, it's because you're trash. That's why you're attracting all these trash men. No, it's because men are objectively trash. That's just a <laughs> fact. It's a pervasive... I don't know why that's so funny when they're just like, yeah, because men are shit. Every single one of them. You go, yeah, you're going to die alone, though. I understand that you're trying to help all these women, but you're going to help all these women die alone if that's, you know, the overall starting point is just all men are trash. It's a cultural problem. I'm not saying my oh, wait, 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 excuse that. Wait, did you guys actually get bingos? Is, is these are full bingo cards? One? We got full? Uh, yeah, so it might be too easy. Angers me the most is oh he'll treat the woman he wants right, but that woman's not you. Therefore, he didn't treat you right. Yeah, it's all victim. It's just complete nonsense. It's just blaming the woman all over again. But yeah, but moving on. Celeste, another subscriber, agrees that FDS has improved her confidence, adding that it's also given her <laughs> a new perspective on dating. I'm taking a break from dating for a while, she explains. But when I get back to it, I will be vetting people much more thoroughly and cutting them off with the first sign of disrespect. I don't want to waste any more of my time. Great. Awesome. Like, that's, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> Yay, Celeste. Queen. Yeah, Queen, Queen Celeste, we bow to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't... Even this, I know some of the users are saying they kind of cut off some of the things I was saying and to spin the narrative. So you see how they give them a little tiny paragraph about how this is actually improving them and then go in a tirade about how crappy we are. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like... It's lip service. Yeah, it's lip service. Yeah, she's just paying lip service like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to quickly acknowledge that a lot of women do think that FDS is great but now i'm gonna spend like 80 percent of my article talking about why it's trash or why they're wrong for thinking that fds is a good thing right so the next paragraph and i, I know someone posted screenshots of uh of uh dominique contacting fds uh, according to its anonymous founders fds was created to counter the misogyny of the manosphere it wanted to offer women practical advice to deal with growing hostility from the men's rights movement while also building their self-esteem so they can thrive in an oppressively patriarchal society. I mean, fair enough. I would say it wasn't necessarily, well, I don't know. Cause again, uh, there's, there's sort of like the pre, the pre jammies and average FDS. <laughs> there's like the post. What, what did they just say? Jammies and average FDS. So jammies I don't really a, know exactly, you know, what it was, you know, before I got there. Um, so, but I mean, as far as what from discussing, I think with, with jammies and average is that more or less there was a virulent stream of men on uh, Reddit who would flood all the relationship and dating and women subs with their not all men and challenging women's boundaries all the time. And uh, always 
trying to normalize really unreasonable things. You know, it, just going is back. And I mean, I gotta say, I've been in a few, not a ton of relationships, but chicks are also trying to normalize unreasonable things. I remember somebody citing this in particular about a woman who was pregnant and her husband had broken their dog's legs in a, like a fit of rage. Had yeah, that's fucking crazy. Broken the dog's legs, and it was almost like everybody in relationship advice was. That's like, like a that person should be in jail for a long period of time if you get in a like a fight with your girlfriend and then you break your dog's legs. Fuck that. You might guy. be having some anger problems. You should go to counseling. And then counseling? women were like, no, you're pregnant and you're at high risk for being abused. Get out of that situation. Like, yeah. How are these guys telling you to in any way, shape, or counseling? What the fuck? He broke the dog's legs? Yeah, you're past counseling at that point. Do anything but immediately even protect yourself. And that's the kind of thing that. You know, if you're a woman sharing advice from other women and know the statistics about how uh, 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 pregnant women are often at high risk for abuse, especially homicide, that you would see that as like a bellwether that this man is dangerous and to leave rather than all the men who are sympathizing with the man. Like, oh, he's probably just stressed out right now. I'm like, who the fuck? What person read that account? and They go, you know what? He's probably stressed out. So he broke the dog's legs. Like he's in the mob or something? The dog owed him money? No, no way. Excuse me. Why are you like? No, 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 no. Full stop. Leave. Yeah, and the, and then the women who say no, just break up with him, are always ridiculed. Of like, oh, people are always saying to break up on this website. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, if you have to go to Reddit to talk about your relationship, it's probably too far gone to be saved. Okay, it's pro- like it's, it's probably in its it's probably in its <laughs> death throes. To be honest, it's already too late. <laughs> Yeah, like, nobody goes to post... Well, maybe, like, 1% of the people who post on Reddit have, like, a salvageable relationship. But by the time you have to go ask strangers, like, hey, my boyfriend, you know, broke out my dog's legs and, you know, shit on my bed and rubbed my face in it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay, all right, because here's a nice little thing. This is pre-Amber Heard. So we found out it's not the guys doing the shitting on the beds, it's the chicks. Like, and, and, am I you know, am I missing something? Like, you know, maybe I should... sad part is that's not even an exaggeration about some of the stuff that you see on Reddit. I, I remember there was another one where I think a guy was poisoning smoothies, his wife's smoothies, or putting his cum in his wife's smoothies. Cause okay, like, first off, that's not poisoning. <laughs> that's super fucked up to put your cum in your wife's smoothies. But it's not poison. Bad at her, like stuff like that. Oh, did you read that one? First off, what's the point of that? It's like you're you're putting cum in your wife's smoothies. It's like it's your wife. She's obviously probably tasted it at some point. And then if you put in a, she's not tasting it. Like it's just a like a little thing that you get satisfaction from, I guess. He was like putting slugs in her food. <laughs> oh, okay. that was a- <laughs> all right. That's fucked up. Some of these are for sure anonymous and not real, though. Yeah, and snails Slug. in her food. Snails she- are delicious. He got like a parasite. And oh my god, like just I'm not even exaggerating. Like that and that woman freaking stayed with that guy. Like by the end of it, she was defending him and being like, Oh yeah, we have issues, we're just gonna work on it. Blah, blah, blah. Like Oh my god. <sighs> yeah, so we exist because there's a whole lot of women who ain't going with that, who are just like, This is actually crazy and you guys <laughs> like acting as if it's completely and totally normal to be grinding up slugs and putting it in your partner's morning drink. That's just World Economic Forum shit right there. That's honestly, he probably was reading some World Economic. He was reading some Yuval Harari and he goes, you know what? Add a little protein to the drink, grind up slugs. And she's like, what are you grinding up slugs for? Are insane. So that, yeah. So that, as far as I know, there was there was a general trend towards these female only subs. Um, and, and FDS was a part of that uh, uh, trend. One of many subreddits that were women only. 
And now, now we're the only one left. It took off because I think, again, like when I think Jammies and Average kind of took it over, they created the rules. They started doing the flaring system. They started like a, lot, a bunch of stuff I think that was written early on went viral. And so then that kind of compounded versus versus stuff like... And they got it locked down. Like Yeah, they locked down. Yeah, like by the time I came to FDS, it was already locked down. Like I don't know anything about that old timey origins. When, when FDS was in its primordial state. Yeah. <laughs> Chaotic <laughs> primordial state. Oh, lots of infighting? on the female only subreddit hard to believe <laughs> it was long before i joined i remember when someone else one of the other you know subreddits was like i'm going in guys and then he skipped along and then <laughs> came back to report and say they've got it locked down tighter than fort Knox." yeah <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> So, I mean, that's the only way to operate on Reddit. And, and I, I know yeah, a I mean, lot of other crazy. female just stole are it? coming to that conclusion now where they realize even on their subs, men are always in the comments like, not all men or what about us? And you don't understand how men feel. And it's like, why are you on this female only sub policing our thoughts? But anyways, next paragraph. Um, okay. So uh, the Manosphere has an army of men dedicated to creating new ways to exploit. Shout out to the Manosphere. Exploit and abuse women. An FDS spokesperson tells Vice. We bring attention to women of the various ways men are exploiting us actively and passively so we can avoid it. Cool. Yeah, I don't see any problem with that. That's what we said. Yeah. Yeah. Also not a problem. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the media more or less burying their head in the sand about this having real implications in real life to people. Like, it's kind of funny to say, tee hee hee, look at these red pillars and these guys online. But this kind of rhetoric is actually seeping into the media and you're actually... Oh my God, wait till they find out about Andrew Tate. ...seeing a lot of it uh, being picked up and canonized. No, these are the official female dating strategy. These are the mods from the subreddit, and the subreddit got shut down recently, but it's, it's back right, up. Uh, in mainstream media. So that it's, it, there's, there's creep with these guys outside of their little subreddit. It's real-life creep and media creep. Um, all right, so the site prides itself on, it, on its brutal realism about men, which translates to simplified categorizing. FDS believes that there are only two types, unworthy men, known as low-value men, have little money, ambition, and manners. They take they make you split the bill, reply late to your text messages, and propose park or drink dates rather than dinner. Um, we actually have like four or I mean, five. Park but dates I think fun value men sometimes. Value men is most popular, but we also had like negative value men, <laughs> zero value men, and then just scrotes, right? <laughs> oh wait, are scrotes below negative value? Is it scrotes negative value, zero value, low value, high value? Is that what it is? <laughs> Right, and these Drink, are just, drinking some scrotes tears, by the right? way. Yeah, they're shorthand to refer to general patterns and trends. You know, we'll see later in the article, but they talk about <laughs> how, um, oh, like it's immoral to categorize people into different categories or something like. No, that. it's not immoral. Guys just figure it out. We just do it one to ten. It's way easier than women. They, you know, they get all fucking flowery with the language, and they got all these categories. We just go, there's a ten. There's a one. Nobody's a zero, and we don't really ever call anybody below a five, but... It's like, no, it's not. No, it's not wrong to do that. Like, high value, low value. You know, they say, oh my gosh, like, they're worse than the Manosphere, because at least the Manosphere rates women on a scale of one to ten or something like that. (laughs) Which is like, okay, like, but... These are not the same. Yeah, no, we have basic boundaries and they don't like our boundaries, right? And and nothing on this low value men thing that we're asking for. It's not like Okay, so a scrote's like a a two, a one to three, you're a scrote. That low value men uh don't buy you uh a castle within months of meeting you. Or like it, I mean, these are very, very basic 
criteria. So a low value man who can't, you know, pay for your dinner or reply to your text on time or creates these lazy dates and just puts low effort into talking to you because they just want sex. Um, that's not a hard barrier to overcome, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's basic. I mean, it's a hard barrier when you say that 80, that's 80% of men. So then you're saying, okay, so all women who are aspirational or whatever, you know, all women should kind of target the 20%, which I guess kind of happens, but it's not going to do well for most women. 100%. Yeah, that's not an impossible, like, you can become a higher value man if you choose to. Just most of them choose not to. So that's on them. Right. Most of it's based on character and not necessarily, you know, all the superficial stuff that people try to claim. Like, listen, we don't police women in their wants. So if they're like, I want a six foot man with six figures, we're like, go ahead, queen. Right. We're not going to sit here and be like, oh, you don't deserve that. Or it's unrealistic for you to expect that. Or you can't have that. Like our whole thing is we are validating the things that women want and we don't care how you feel about it. Like it's not. You know, it's not up to everyone else to keep policing women into low expectations. And I don't understand why media like this likes to continuously act as if. I mean, women should not be policed into low expectations. But again, they should be made to understand that it might benefit them to lower said expectations. Us having any expectations at all is unreasonable. Um, okay, so next thing, high value men. But the next paragraph, that's this is where the tone of the article changes. Like, Yeah, I was going to say. The first half yeah. up until this point... I'm like, okay, yeah, I can. I mostly agree with that. But then once she says, like, high-value men, on the other hand, worship the ground you walk on, as well as being honest, loyal, and consistent, they also shell out, paying you to have proper dinner dates and your own housekeeper, because he knows what? you're not a maid. And uh, it's so telling that she picked out the housekeeper as being a qualifier of a high-value man when there's so many articles, so, so many on the subreddit of what makes a high-value man and a man hiring you a housekeeper is not one of them. Right. It's like one of the ways he can show it, but it's not an indicator. Yeah. Like, I think we had one article where we mentioned one time and it wasn't even like, oh, a high-value man will buy you a housekeeper. No, it was in the context of if you're dating a guy and, and you find yourself arguing over chores and he doesn't want to do 50%, then his way of making up for that would be to hire a housekeeper to do like his portion or something because he doesn't see you as a maid. So she's taking that like line out of context. When you take it out of context, it makes it seem like oh, these women are so crazy thinking that like a guy's going to hire a housekeeper, like blah, blah, blah. I mean, what guy is just like, so you don't even live together and you're just going to hire you go, hey, uh, here's it's been fun dating you these past three weeks. I got you a housekeeper, you fucking slob. What is that? By the way, shout out to Scuba Dan with the super chat of says, keep it the grind. Love the podcast. Any good vibes from Israel? What are those shekels? I've never even seen that symbol. And I've been to Israel. All right. Uh, thanks for the shekels. Yeah. I mean, by the way, that's going to get clipped up and that's not going to look good for me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. The strategies for securing a high value man versus an high value man don't like so typo. Uh, the strategy. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a high value move. Is being a fucking uh, and then you mean high value man are thorough and extensive. The FDS handbook lives across over eighty subreddit threads, and like the manosphere, comes complete with its own language. Pick niches are women who are desperate or who degrade themselves for men. Which she puts in quotes, which I'm like. I don't know what she means by that. I like putting degrade, quote unquote, themselves for men. This behavior can lead to Cockholm syndrome, where they Cock- end up defending the Cockholm syndrome. 
That might be as good as rotation. Worst men beyond all logic or reason. Yeah, like like you pick Misha. <laughs> Pikminique is one of these women who defend the worst men beyond all logic and reason, okay? The other thing too is like all Reddit subreddits have sublanguage. So I also think Again, they're made. Again, it's like they're trying to paint this idea that's very sinister, almost like a cult. As if every subreddit doesn't have its own sub language. Like they, the nomenclature that these chicks have is actually hilarious. Always shorthand. I mean, have you seen Wall Street Bets lately? Like it's hilarious, but it's also yeah. But you don't see them being compared to the Manosphere. Like the Manosphere uh, subreddits are not the only ones that have their own in-group jargon. Like every single group of people online and offline have their own sort of unique vocabulary true if you go into any organization i'm sure they will have a glossary of acronyms that that only people within the organization would understand it's actually quite it's actually quite normal to be fair yeah there's nothing sinister about it yeah it's a a community building thing um okay and in order to level up from the state and achieve queen or dream girl status women have to build their self-esteem and avoid scrotes dickheads otherwise known as most men <laughs> they can do this in a number of ways including focusing on their career or having a few men in scrotation okay so, i don't I see what's wrong scrotes. with any of that stuff. yeah and i don't yeah, see what's wrong with replacing a man with women there think, um if the level up literally is, like i know tons of guys who that's how they operate with women huh? nothing pretty wrong with independent that. of how you are dating with men so I, I maybe will say that is like the level up yes yeah, focusing on building your self-esteem focusing on building your independence and uh creating a sense of boundaries um, and then the dating part is also like once you get into dating to kind of help you vet through men quicker, right? Rather than getting uh, too focused on one guy or um, letting a, one guy impact you too soon because you haven't let yet, his character hasn't yet been revealed to you. So, but that's again, we're not, again, I don't even think we're the only people that have come up with that, to be fair. Like there's a lot of dating advice, like, oh, date. And, and, and from listening to older women, that used to be the normal thing was like, where you, you casually dated till a guy claimed you. Yeah, exactly. This is what I was going to say. Like it was quite normal um, to be courted by, you know, by several men. And I think especially if you are looking you know, it is, it gives you perspective if you're seeing, you know, multiple people at the same time, but then people think that seeing, you know, multiple people is synonymous with, you know, having sex with all of them at once, which again, it, you know, it could be, it feeds into attitudes about women's sexualities, but that's a topic for a different podcast. Yeah. I feel like that paragraph specifically, if you are an FDSer, you won't see anything wrong with that. But if you're a pick me or like a scrote, you're going to read that and be like offended because the line of like to level up to achieve queen or dream girl status, you mean I have to work on my self-esteem and I have to avoid men who are dickheads? Oh my gosh, they're saying that most men are dickheads? Oh my gosh, that's so offensive. And the idea of women having multiple men in their like dating rotation that they're not having sex with makes sense to an FDSer, but is offensive to a lot. I mean, first off, you don't, I don't know what other guys are like, but I know all my friends and you're like, yeah, you don't have multiple men who are like, you're not in your rotation that you're actually dating and not sleeping with. I doubt that. I highly doubt that you might be talking to a ton of them, like whatever, casually. Yeah. Looking at how high value men respond to us versus low value men. And that might be its own, own show one day i mean you can oh definitely god tell please that uh 
first of all, we touched a nerve, but also like this is not offensive to anybody, any man who is going to be good for you, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, okay, so next paragraph. FDS has Ugh. tactics on practically everything, including the classiest way to ask for a napkin in a restaurant and the best way to put on a coat. There's even guidance on the dream girl way of listening to your partner's secrets. You have to be silent for a bit and then say, thank you for telling me that. Um, so this is like just soft skill stuff, right? Like that's... Okay, so for the tactics, I've literally never seen the article she's speaking of. That made me groan because first of all, like she's talking about classy first date tips, which is one that I, I did end up going through the handbook to reread how to ask for a napkin. and they have a handbook? Something that's mentioned one time in one article and like never again. So, you know, there's other things we talk about in FDS way more frequently than that that she never talks about. Right. And it's more or less like, again, we don't, we don't step on women's like expressions of femininity or gender expression, if that makes sense. So there's been a criticism before, especially coming from radical feminists, because there are some women that'll talk about their fitness journey or like them changing their hair or the way that they speak and, and feeling more comfortable in that presentation of themselves. We don't criticize women who want to do that. We don't necessarily like, make it prescriptive that you have to do that because there's other women who are like i am so not into the feminine crap (laughs) like and that's fine too like everyone is uh deserving of uh, a high value male you know regardless of how you no they're not you're specifically saying that not every woman can get a high value male because there's just not enough high value males that yourself um and that you know in a hype if you're hyper feminine versus women who are more like you know non-conforming it doesn't really matter for all intents and purposes to follow fds like i think there's wisdom in all of those different um presentations but if women want who like that sort of thing want to talk about that we again we don't standard shame for them if that's the standard that they want to hold for themselves because it makes them feel good and they feel like i want to present a way that i want to be treated and i want to be treated like this then having these i guess quote-unquote class signifiers or classy ways of doing things is a way to signify this is the level of treatment that i expect is there a classy way to ask for a napkin is that what is going on these chicks are fucking robots Yes, the code that I just punched in when I went off the screen was I was turning the air conditioner because it was freezing in here. Women are warned off having sex in the first three months of courtship and told to avoid at all costs moving in with a boyfriend before marriage. After all, for men, a live-in girlfriend is just like a video game achievement that unlocks regular free sex and half of your rent. Why would they want to marry What? What? You after that. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> facts. <laughs> Doesn't the science say that? Wasn't there? They've done studies where they say that cohabitation actually lessens your chance of getting married. And it's not us saying that. Yeah. And guys, and- just so you know, I am moving in with my girlfriend in two days. This is your chance of getting divorced. And, you know, she also completely glosses over the fact that, <laughs> you know, sex, I mean, you know, this is a, you know, this is an issue with vice in general who are, you know, trying to push, you know, BDSM down everyone's throats. But um, this is, it completely glosses over the fact that sex is scientifically risky for women even more so than men. This isn't just about us being... Oh, so now they're scientists. Prudes, like men can't be tested for HPV, for example, but they can spread it to women. And just, yeah, the physical differences between us. I I know everyone's trying to pretend that it doesn't matter, but I don't like the idea that I have to be, that I can't operate in a place that feels comfortable for me because it's somehow less feminist to prioritize what I think is 
the best way to operate based on my risk factors and what I'm likely to get out of the situation. You know? I mean, everybody should be operating on their own, you know, like what they want. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyways, next paragraph. Needless to say, FDS is divided. Sorry, I'm having a problem dealing with the bingo, by the way, right now, because it's hard for me to track. So, but we'll, we'll uh, just, just, we'll take a poll after the end to see how the bingo went, and then we'll, we'll start doing more like. It, not just proper... among men's rights activists. Many of their views come across as. <laughs> this is the, this is my favorite one, actually. <laughs> this is the money shot right here. This oh, is the money shot. I'm listening. Many, many of their views come across as simplistic, strange, and mean spirited. Women are told not to date any. I'm a strange bitch. Yeah. Oh, Women are told yeah. not to date men with mental illnesses, for example, or anyone struggling with their finances. One night stands are a no no, as are men with small penises. Forced vasectomies are good, but Forced pornography are bad. The moderators are also proudly kink-shaming, claiming that BDSM and polyamory are disrespectful and only ever explored for the man's benefit, rather than because a woman might have a genuine interest in it herself. I love how much these chicks hate vice. Fuck off. Okay, this is is a complete, this is a complete car crash of a paragraph, a paragraph, to be honest. There's a lot here. (laughs) Just don't even know, like, you know, where to start. You know, the post where she she linked to when talking about, you know, forced vasectomies was actually in the context of, um, I think it was an American lawmaker raised a bill about, you know, saying that men over 50 should have mandatory vasectomies. And it was, it was more, it was more framed in a way where it's said you know look you know men don't like their bodies being controlled so why is it okay to control you know women's bodies it was framed because you're so goddamn irresponsible with them ladies context it wasn't like saying yeah it was a protest it was a protest bill essentially it was not serious (laughs) and we were not saying Oh yeah, let's go ahead and let the government. It would have, first of all, it would never have passed because it's like all male lawmakers in Alabama. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> like that would have it would have never passed. It was just to prove a point over like, oh, you have no problem with legislating women's bodies. Let's show you know how you might feel if you know we legislate men's bodies. And they have a bunch of priceless clips for men after that saying like, oh well, I don't want to be told by the state what to do with my body. Gee. You think you think that women might have similar feelings. Right. And we're not saying it's good for them. Unless it's the COVID vaccine. Oh, shit. My channel's done. To get vasectomies. I'm like, that's the other thing. I was like, it's saying that we're saying it's good. I was like, the entire article she links is just everyone saying, oh, this is hilarious, right? <laughs> like, like, let them feel the force of the, the state on their bodily autonomy for once, right? But not because anybody seriously thinks this should pass. Yeah, like there's no one from FDS going out there hunting men with knives, like you know, snipping their snipping their tubes against their will. Okay, eh. like <laughs> that's yeah. to be determined. Yeah, and and then the first paragraph about her, like women are told not to date men with mental illness or struggling with finances or who have small penises, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's not strange. Where's the problem, sis? Cause I'm not hearing it. <laughs> Like, what was the tweet? It was like, oh, Weiss thinks it's strange that women don't want to date guys who with with small penises who are broken, mentally ill, and also who are sexually aroused by beating them. Like, weird, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. Those guys will still I find laugh, someone. But I'm also kind of angry at it because, like I said, this is how the media continuously gaslights women out of basic standards, right? Like, listen, not every woman. Like, it's crazy that they're of the position that Vice is anti-woman. It's amazing that, you know, you can read and maybe they're they have a point, but it's just it is crazy that they're 
that's their position. It's a guy with a massive penis or anything like that. And I know um, even there's been women on the on the subreddit who ex- who have expressed like, hey, I actually prefer them smaller because like my vagina is smaller and blah blah blah. You know, like physically, it's more pleasurable for them. But at the same time, we're tired of everyone stepping on women every time they express the fact that they like something sexually, including the fact that some women and I would even venture to say a lot, if not most women, prefer men around a certain size, right? Uh, slightly above average to average size. Like we're not walking back from that. We're not. Gonna- Wait, y'all don't like a nice micro peen? Darn it. Apologize for that. We don't standard shame women who want that. And we're tired of everyone acting like we're weirdos. If we say our sexual preferences out loud and like, you know, just because they make men feel bad, we're never allowed to talk about what we want. Yeah. Like one of the posts on FDS that got the most reports was the one that was like, oh, men will say, oh, I'm an ass man or I'm a boobs man or whatever. And then the woman says, oh, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a girth girl myself. That one got called like, the size queen. Over 100 reports. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, my God. I'm like having a small penis is not a protected class, fellas. All right. Should be. <laughs> like they it literally cannot handle be. even one percent of the treatment that they level against women. And it's like there's so much whataboutery on those. You know, we see what men say, "Okay, me? so if you like, you know, bigger penises, can I like a woman with big boobs?" I'm just like, well, "Yeah, you can." That's the thing. Like you're entitled to your standards. Just you are never gonna shut up about that. It's not like you were being silent this whole time, right? Like they already say that. Yeah. Yeah. When were when were you guys not talking about that? You know, you know, you're entitled to your standards, just like I'm entitled to mine. But I'm yes. not shaming you for yours. You know, you're in. I mean, they kind of are sometimes, but you know, they don't. Um, they don't love hearing it, especially if they're not that messages and DM shaming us for our preferences. It's just very. Ugh, it's such like we're shallow and like like we want to fuck who we want to fuck. Die mad. Period. Die mad. Yeah, bitches. and then the other thing is the the mental illness one. That was the one that Pikminique was really like really clinging to Pink in the aftermath when she was getting a lot of backlash for this article. It was like, well, what about depressed men? What about blah 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 blah? And people were pointing out that a, we're not talking about people. Like, first of all, we tell both men and we all know what they do with depressed men. They go, "You're out." Women, not to date until you have your mental illness under control. Um, we're not saying like, oh, once if you're someone who's ever had a mental illness, you're permanently ruined. No, we say that both men and women should get their mental illness under control before they go out and date. For, for men and women, it's very different reasons. For women, it's because when you go out and date when you're mentally ill, like depressed, anxious, whatever, it makes you much more vulnerable to predation and abuse. With You hear that, boys? Go to the loony bin to find the ladies. Men who go out and who date when they have mental illnesses often like they refuse to go to therapy they're just looking for a woman who will provide emotional labor because they see her as a free therapist and so women don't want to date a guy who's mentally ill because we're first of all we're not qualified to provide treatment for mental illness right secondly it's not our job okay like you know if you want therapy society forces all this emotional labor on women oh bingo (laughs) taking a stand and saying no and i'm tired i'm tired of the double speak between feminist complaining about this double standard about how women do all this emotional labor and caretaking and then getting mad when people create boundaries and say no we're not going to do it because it doesn't benefit us and everyone's miserable doing it right yeah like the the response to the mental illness ones it's like oh my gosh so you're saying that depressed guys aren't worthy of love (laughs) it has nothing to do with worth wait first off who's more depressed men or women like if you just took a poll of depression, it's going to be women for sure. It has everything to do with what kind of relationship that you want. And do I 
I've spent my entire life, you know, getting treatment, going to therapy, yeah, um, bingo. or, you know, depression and anxiety. I've worked my ass off to get to a point where I am mentally healthy and like a functional person with good communication skills and stuff. I am not going to saddle myself with someone who has not done that kind of work. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to date someone who's mentally ill. And yeah, they're obviously. Not entitled. Mentally ill people aren't entitled to a relationship anyways. Yeah, nobody's nobody ent- nobody's entitled. Yeah, nobody is for any reason. And yes, that's, I mean, Correct. again, reasonable boundaries that they're trying to make seem make it seem like it's outrageous. And especially especially the BDSM and polyamory thing. Uh, someone responded to uh, this article on Twitter about how even in the context of them exploring BDSM and polyamory uh, for their own benefit, the 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 thing that we've repeatedly said is that a lot of the men who are attracted to this are not safe dudes to be around it doesn't even have to do with just women being interested or not it's just that like recognize that you're 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 putting yourself in extremely vulnerable state and don't just look at it from like what you desire but also look at it from the perspective of what kind of men are motivated to do this and when it's really really telling that the media never wants to talk about bdsm and polyamory from the perspective of straight men who are into this kind of thing because i think women would be fucking horrified and run screaming away from the practice for the most of the time because the guys who are into the sexual domination didn't they have like a whole movies about 50 shades of gray wasn't that the whole thing they had all these movies this chick stuff of women and don't and, and and they always try to like soften the blow with like a femdom saying well some guys are into women first of all that's not from what i can tell from the bdsm community that seems to not be as nearly as popular as as the reverse and then when they say all these guys that are claiming their their dom their dominance they always say well these guys aren't real bdsm people but i'm like well we can't again how do we tell the quote-unquote real bdsm people from the fake ones right like wait until they violate your consent (laughs) boundaries and now you got to deal with that trauma like there's no it's like they almost don't want to admit that this is a thing that men do for the specific way of for the for the specific purpose of being able to abuse or sexually prey on women. I thought the BDSM thing was for guys to get abused by women. Like I thought that was the whole BDSM thing was that guys are treated like shit and chicks like put on high heels and step on their balls and stuff. Is that am I wrong here? Already vulnerable and are already vulnerable because there are sexually attracted to abuse exactly then the media will gaslight women by saying it's all about the woman's choice and focusing on the woman's choice but they never focus on the sort of man who is into that because the most of the time they are in fact toxic um you know men who get sexually aroused by beating women or men who you know men who act like their sexual orientation is polyamorous okay i'm sorry but being a promiscuous man is not a sexual orientation yes it is ladies Yes, it is. Thank you, device, for all that. <laughs> okay, it's not like being a lesbian or being gay, where you have no choice. You absolutely—they're talking about such a tiny subsection of the population too. I think this gets amplified so much in media. We go, oh yeah, there's so many people who are poly. When in fact, it's like, yeah, it's I don't know, less than one percent. Absolutely have choice over you know whether or not you fuck multiple people or just one at a time. And again, the hypocrisy here, and I keep saying this, but like the right and the left has their weird sacred cows. It's like the word submission when we talk about BDSM, where I have heard the exact same thing come out of the mouths of like Christian people when they talk about, oh, the wife is submissive, but she really has the power position. They say the same thing in BDSM where it's like, oh, the submissive has the power position, not the dominant. And it seems like they're gaslighting people 
to believe something other than what the words means. It's like, stop fucking lying to me, okay? Like, we know what words mean. When we see a guy beating a woman, we know that she's not in control. What if she's asking him to do it, though, which is sometimes the case. Sometimes, legitimately, they're just like, they are asking. And I'm not saying like they're figuratively asking for it when the boys are having a chat and goes, just kind of ask. Like, they're literally like, hit me. Okay, that's just the simple reality of it. Well, and, and not even that, like, it's weird having grown up and seeing, remember, like, the, when the Mormon thing was really big and you saw the big love shows, there was one guy with a bunch of wives and everyone's like, this is manipulative and abusive. And now they're manipulating him. Look, if you have multiple wives, you are being abused. I don't think it's the other way around. You'll be hard pressed to convince me that that guy's not on the receiving end of just so much abuse and is just a massive glutton for punishment. Polyamory's all the rage on the left. And I'm like, how is this different? How is one guy with a bunch of sister wives different from this one guy than his his female only polycule right like i don't get the it seems like it's just semantics at that point yeah and the other thing is the relationship i hate that it's semantics and not so woman ticks i'll show myself out the poly relationships you see are i mean other than like the same sex polycules which are like cool like you do you but the ones that involve men both men and women are like it's almost always one man with multiple women. And in cases where it's one woman with multiple men, it's always met with such a different like tone. Like one man with multiple women, it's like, Oh, he's a baller. He's a player. He's a stud, blah, blah, blah. If one personally, I would love to have multiple boyfriends. Okay. But I know that that would not be socially acceptable. And in fact, we had a post on FDS that was like, the only type of polyamory we find is acceptable is where one woman has multiple boyfriends who all serve her grapes and champagne. That got so much backlash. They were angry. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was angry at that saying like how outrageous and how unreasonable it is. We don't have respect for our partners. Like I don't think a lot of these guys that are into this uh, have respect for their partners either, but we allow misogyny to cook in a way that we don't let, you know, the opposite. Exactly. And it bothers me when so many... I love some delicious cooked misogyny. ...conversations about polyamory is they they pretend like we live in a world where men and women are already equal and there's no, like, social stigma around sexuality for women. It's it's a massive class divide, too, because I think the richest women are kind of insulated from some of these consequences, too. So they don't understand that women who are not as privileged as they are, the consequences are massive. And the likelihood that they're going to find quote-unquote men who are enlightened enough to be you know (laughs) into this kind of uh thing is is lower and so it's just it's like they're almost ignorant of how most women live and want to present this vogue cosmo barely anybody lives like this this is like so the everything they're talking about is gets talked about a lot but in practice is being done so little um upper class vision of perfect gender relations that doesn't exist for 90 plus percent of the world's women. Exactly. Yeah. Like for poor women, a polyamorous relationship is a disaster. Like what you, what do you think a polyamorous relationship for a poor man is like, I'm sure they, they, they figure it out, but not, I mean, I'm sure poor guys are like maybe fucking a lot of chicks, but actual polyamorous, you can't deal with that. If you have no but money one guy with multiple baby mamas, like how are you going to say, how are you going to figure out child support? Like, th- that's just a no, nightmare waiting to happen. Like, Right, exactly. I'm like, that's been going on. But yeah. Anyways, uh, we, we need to have a whole whole episode just about BDSM and polyamory. This is a big, now we're talking. Big topic. Yeah. Okay, so next. Uh, 
there also this actually this next paragraph this is another train wreck and actually this is the one where i was like actually very offended by um they're also extremely unforgiving when it comes to rule breaking i enjoyed fds at first because there was a lot of good advice about female empowerment says jess 35 from tennessee after struggling with her self-esteem she joined the subreddit to get her shit together However, she was swiftly banned when she contributed to a discussion about male sexual assault in an un- another unrelated subreddit. Someone was alluding to the possibility that men couldn't be sexually assaulted, and I replied saying that was ridiculous, she remembers. And then the notification came through that I had been banned from FDS automatically. Ugh, I made my eye roll so much. I, I'm so mad because I'm like, listen, we, first of all, nobody's combing people's comments from others like nobody has fucking time but uh, in addition to that it's we i think it's not a secret we have a banned bot that if you comment on certain subs that are known to brigade fds most of them are like men's right activism type subs or porn uh you will get automatically banned by a bot even good faith participators get caught in it sometimes and people go through and uh and request through mod mail to get unbanned etc cetera, etc cetera. Cancel culture out of control. You can't even post in MGTOW and then go post in FDS. So I kind of felt like this was very disingenuous to suggest that somehow we had a problem with this person talking about male sexual assault on another subreddit. So we banned her. Yeah. Like, first of all, we don't care. Secondly, like the implication that we somehow support like sexual assault against men or that we think that it's not real or that it's like bad to speak out against sexual assault about men. Like, if you were saying that on FDS, yeah, we'd probably ban you because it's not, like, a focus of our subreddit. This is not a subreddit where we focus on male issues. But if you're saying it on another subreddit, we don't care. And so the implication is, like, oh, you know, they're writing it in a way where they want the reader to come to the conclusion of, like, oh, they are, like, pro-raping men, basically. Yeah, that's offensive. And, like, honestly, the reason, a big reason why we're addressing this is because if people Google this article and they come in, like, FDS supports sexual assault against men, and, like, that's just categorically false. And the, the assertion that this person was banned for that view is just categorically false. I mean, it, if, especially if they're commenting on another subreddit. If they're commenting on our subreddit and wanting to talk about men's issues, you know, we talk, we say, first and foremost, we don't talk about men's issues. It's not that we don't think that these are important issues it's just that's not what our specific uh subreddit is for and quite frankly we can't talk about male sexual assault because we're not men so you know if if anything like that we probably would have redirected them to another subreddit but to suggest that's because we support it it, or that we have a problem with people discussing male sexual assault is just wrong that's just wrong so the ban was a shock but it came at the right time just admits she'd already been beginning to feel skeptical fds's messaging which often end up being contradictory and hypocritical I know it's a lot drifting into sexism, she says in one breath. If you don't need a man to take care of you, to don't give a man a second date. If he doesn't pay for your first date, to me, that was confusing because you can't have it both ways. Yes, the fuck you can, first of all. <laughs> yes, you can have it both ways. That's our whole thing, right? Yeah. Like, you don't yeah, you can can. expect a man to put forth effort to court you and still not, like, need him to live or anything like that. I mean, in fact, we talk about how... Uh, relationship labor is so unequal a lot of times that we expect men to compensate in other ways. Yeah. And also, I don't understand how paying for a first date is like, is taking care of you, right? Like he's not paying for your rent. He's not paying for your car. Right. Okay. It's the first date. Like calm down. Okay. Bare minimum. Calm down, boys. you, You cannot both be an independent woman and have a guy pay for your dinner. 
like you can't have it both ways. Yes, you can. Like, why not? Why are our women told that you have to choose either financial independence and then paying for your man or like being completely financially reliant on a man? Like, why are women forced to choose between these two extremes, neither of which serve women? Why can't we just choose what benefits us the most? <sighs> so, yeah. So then after that, like it goes into this tirade about relationship experts um, <sighs> Shout out to everybody still here. We got ten minutes more. Different relationship experts who have a problem Woo! with us, and I guess we would counter what qualifies these people to be a relationship expert. You know, one of the things that we talk about all the time is that this. I mean, these chicks. Uh, we got to find out what their relationship status is. This is the one thing that is really killing me. What is their deal? Field is pretty unregulated. It's like we have guys that just woke up yesterday and printed an ebook, and now they're relationship experts. And there's been because yeah, there's no such thing that have been caught out. Uh, like recently, Derek Jackson, who's been apparently cheating on his wife slash baby mama forever. No. So it's like these. Right? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's no. like a lot of no. times when we see these quote unquote media relationship experts. Torture, they're just people hired to say an opinion that the media likes because there's not really there's like these people aren't therapists. They're not, you know, they're they're just people with an opinion who have products to sell. Yeah, and a lot of the this we call them like yeah voice, people so. who have products to sell. Go to uh, femaledatingstrategy.com dot com and buy a scrot tears mug with pretty much my face on it and Ryan's. because a lot of them are just like the sort of person you know that one chick in your office who always like talks about her raunchy Tinder date or whatever, and everyone in the office is just sitting around uncomfortably listening to it and wanting her to shut the fuck up. That's Gigi Angle, okay? That's, we, we roast, <laughs> I don't know, we might cut this out, but like, yeah, they're, they're relationship experts who are just non-functional people. They're just sexually depraved people, so they go on and have a Twitter account, and suddenly they've got all these people validating their opinions, and now they're like, oh, I'm a relationship expert. Um, most of them don't even have a degree or are just spouting bullshit. Guys like Kevin yeah. Samuels who just went, he basically rip Kevin Samuels. He went to rip King to uh, Coles and got himself an off the rack suit and then started putting out YouTube videos. Apparently his world is, is gospel in the black manosphere. So like guys like that, where it's just, I mean, I know people don't know us from a can of paint either, but I, I feel qualified. I feel confident. We are more qualified than most of these people, like based on our, experience and educational background and not to mention that we're i mean they're conflating having an educate oh why you went to college good fucking good stuff focused on strategy than pretending yeah that's racist by the way saying that the black manosphere is just a different thing they're segregating us like we're therapists you know what i'm saying like these guys are so yeah so i mean that's 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 basically the article the rest of it's just more more of the same saying oh you guys are being unfair etc 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 oh you're just like the man i want to talk about about the um like the because the conclusion of it is that like we're just as bad as the manosphere right like they talk about you know biologically deterministic language which you know why is that only a problem when it's a women's issue like why are why is that not criticized when men are saying stuff like that? But anyways, I mean, to be fair, this guy does say like I, he doubts it'll be as bad as the manosphere because of how entrenched misogyny is. But I'm also like us discussing misogyny is not automatically misandry, right? It's like, yeah, it, it's a class issue, right? And then they have a Susan Winter, they have a S- Susan Winter quote saying like, 
the underlying tone of FDS is that all men are like this. That's just tone policing, okay? Like I, I talked about how Shut the up. expectation that women are always supposed to be nice is a tool of oppression. Because when women are not allowed to speak freely about our opinions and we have to think about like, oh, how can I be like inoffensive to men? It really limits what we're able to say. And that is the opposite of empowerment, okay? And and honestly, like overall, we I know that uh, Susan Winter has been posted to the sub. So I'm actually a little bit sad they baited her into this article because uh, otherwise there's a lot of stuff that I think she says that's pretty spot on. But I also think some of this too is uh, they might have taken what she said. Uh, they might have misrepresented what we're about. And then she you know made a, a soundbite or also generational differences because I'm like, it's a war zone out here, right? <laughs> for Gen Z and millennials right now. Um, and it's I also- goddamn war being, zone in the trenches out here with the- Tinder dates. Primarily working with older people might uh, change her interpretation of some of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, like the quote, I've known I've known good men, kind, thoughtful, devoted partners and husbands, blah, blah, blah. We talk about good men all of the time on female dating strategy. I am on, we're on episode five. Nearing the end of episode five. Granted, we didn't listen to three and four because they were shitty. Have not heard one thing about FTS good men. FTS doesn't dispute that there are good men out there. Yeah, ten percent of all men. That's high value. why you know, like Maybe. you know, the HBM acronym H- is a thing. We don't dispute that they do exist, and you know, we all know. If we didn't believe it, we'd hang it up. Like, what would be the point of doing this? At this point, we just take to the streets and be like, "Y'all need to get all y'all shit together right now." Like, <laughs> no, there's nothing. There's no. No, strategizing. It's time to just take to the streets and start burning shit. What is the strategy? I've yet to hear a strategy. They're just complaining about men and just they're being like, yeah, some men are shitty. Where's the strategies? Because that, at that point, it's over. Right? Has there been any yeah, strategies? Like we do talk about high quality men all the time. And I find it interesting that, you know, the only time she mentions high value men is in this like sarcastic kind of snarky, like, oh, he's going to pay for a maid kind of thing. Right. Like at no point does she acknowledge that we talk about high quality men all of the time it's just oh they think all men are evil and that that makes them exactly and just as bad as the manosphere it's just a very poorly written article very lazy poorly researched and just even just straight up dishonest you know just the way that she asked us for comment saying like oh we're gonna make uh an article about the harassment that you receive and then essentially just adding to that like essentially adding to that hostile reaction that she said that she was going to be writing about Oh, and the Facebook comments were lit up with men, like, so offended at this. So I feel like they, she did her job, which is to get a bunch of clicks and get men to get all worked up over FDS. Um, but I, I, I mean, I pretty much see anybody who's looked at FDS and doesn't understand the value of what we're saying is probably either like most guys, if they're high value, will understand even if they look at it like you know they won't think it applies to them quite frankly like they're just looking like what yeah. high value man is listening to this fucking podcast or does that make you high value because then we're all high value then some guys suck like i don't see how this is a personal statement on me in particular and also understand uh look at the tips we've had we've gotten so much feedback from men who have said we had a lot of feedback from men who said hey i i finally understand some of the things that my wife or girlfriend has been talking about and i understand talking or nagging and how to adjust my behavior in a way that's making our relationship better we get that all the time from men and a lot of it has to come them just not understanding our perspective about being a mommy mcbang maid how we're affected by porn mommy mcbang maid that's a good one right there how our sexuality works stuff like that that again articles like these so misrepresent uh 
a lot of women's boundaries and push women's boundaries and misrepresent a lot of women's motivations that these guys don't understand you know why their relationships aren't working well we we lay it out and we don't sugarcoat it so now they're like oh i get it now right now i understand how women see the situation so um, I think we're providing a valuable service in that respect. Real valuable service. Um, okay. And then finally, this last paragraph. Right. Taking uh, it home. Taking it home. You know, I, I don't like it. And it says, even if FDS is unlikely to develop into anything more concerning, it's still not going to help concerning. either as a solution to women's dating woes or as a patriarchy smashing strategy, playing games, trying to belittle and use the men, <laughs> use men in the way that perhaps women have been used historically is only going to alienate men, warns Mansfield, that that this could create a deeper and more toxic rift between the sexes. Vehemently disagree. Oh, like we're the ones creating the toxic rift between the sexes? Fuck off. Right. Like they've Fuck been off. on this for a while. And it's, it's weird because it's almost like they act as if women defending themselves against what's become a hostile climate. First off, I don't think it's ever been less hostile. Has it ever been less hostile between the sexes? I feel like this is the point. Maybe I'm wrong here. I'll concede that. But feels like this is the least hostile point. It's probably way more hostile hundreds of years ago. Is somehow contributing to the rift. I'm like, I don't think that we're the aggressors in this situation. I think, I mean, uh, clearly FDS is something that just came along after the Manosphere's around been at least 10 years, right? We're a decade behind any type of real quote-unquote strategy to counteract some of these toxic narratives in our culture. So to say that, like, we're escalating it is kind of crazy because I'm like, I, it's going to escalate whether we address it or not. Let's just keep it a buck. If there's no counter offense, what are you going to do? Just let these guys flood it's the war. media with a bunch of red pill talking points and, like, shit on little girls' self-esteem and make, you know, what? I mean, there's a lot of women that talk about being on online and, like, looking at all the manager stuff and having horrible self-esteem because these guys just keep flooding any type of social media with this. Yes. Yeah, so the counter to that is let's ruin men's self-esteem. I like it. It's, it's kind of a funny strategy. That's a strategy. And we're here saying like, as a almost like knight in shining armor, cutting through the crap and creating counter narratives and strategies for girls who don't to say like, don't let this stuff uh, deter you from doing what's best for you. Don't internalize this crap. Don't listen to the media and like their uh, constant uh, delusion about like, men and women's motivations don't let them push you in a sexual sexual exploitation as empowerment yeah you know doing but a lot of women are pushing other women into sexual exploitation for empowerment right that's not guys saying hey go get an OnlyFans. that's empowering go be a stripper or a prostitute that's chicks telling other chicks to justify their own shit we think are actually going to make women's lives materially better rather than this ideological stuff they keep trying to force us down force down our throats that's not working for a lot of women like the idea that like we're the bad guys here because oh like bad toxic guys? gender divide or whatever it's like i'm just imagining like we've been under attack for decades now millennia even millennia is the toxic gender divide so how are we supposed to fix that we didn't get ourselves into this problem. It's like telling a woman who's in an abusive relationship that you're just supposed to sit there and take his punches and not fight back, basically. You know, and then the moment That's the woman stands up and, like, you know, blocks a punch or something or, like, pushes him back, it's like, oh, suddenly the police show up and she gets arrested because oh yeah that's what generally happens is that he hits her and then she hits him back and then that's when the police get called the abusive one or whatever that's very much like how a lot of aspects of our culture works where men can just do whatever they want to women and we're not allowed to complain and the moment that we do complain we're the bad guys yeah it's crazy or we complain but it's like oh it's your fault because you're picking these guys and we're all like we don't fucking know they're always coming up with some new nonsense like we'll get better at figuring it out 
there's there's certain fuckboy behaviors that are common but at the same time the reason why they're common is because society keeps gaslighting women out of protecting themselves from it like this article does yes yes 100 percent. yeah and i just find it especially insulting this article came out like what a few days before sarah everward and then we've got the whole avalanche of men going not all men are like that blah 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 blah. it's just such an insulting addition to this toxic culture that harms women and protects abusive men you know and then oh and then the other line either as a solution in women's dating was or as a patriarchy smashing strategy oh suddenly our job is to smash patriarchy like that's a bingo square <laughs> it's, it's like saying like oh you know we should shut down all of the like soup kitchens because they're not solving homelessness i tell you what won't solve patriarchy pretending it doesn't exist and not acting on your own behalf right and creating agency within women that definitely won't smash it yeah burying your head in the sand isn't going to smash patriarchy either okay like we can argue till we're blue in the face over what's going to end patriarchy um but ultimately like men are not going to voluntarily do that themselves they're not going to do it until they're forced to and that's what sds is for. why would a man ever want to smash the patriarchy the patriarchy's fucking sick is we're pretty much going to uh create the conditions that will give men no other choice but to start respecting women if they want to get what they want exactly exactly and we're we're at the ulti- at the end of the day the buck kind of stops with us meaning we yes we take have some responsibility the unfortunate responsibility of choosing fathers and that's going to affect our family lineage for generations right we talk about generational trauma cycles of abuse. that's a good one for the bigger card someone with somebody, that down. right and that's generational the trauma woman not putting herself in the best situation to have the best things for herself and by extension, her child. So by us raising the standards, I think that's going to make everybody better off. Like pandering to men's like penis wants, I have yet to hear an, an argument about why any single woman should ever give a fuck about that. I don't think any woman should do it. I think it actually makes us worse off the more we give a shit about what makes men's dicks hard. Like it's all about <laughs> how women can empower themselves to make better choices for themselves, and by extension, yeah, yeah, go off, future, queen, right? Our our, our careful vetting of fucks. who would be our children's fathers is the mean, will mean the world to our children, as to our children's children, and so forth. Yeah, like we might not be able to smash the patriarchy, <laughs> but we can definitely breed it out. <laughs> breed out the patriarchy. Good luck with that. We can make it. We can make it go extinct. Okay, because we choose life. <laughs> like we control Whoa. the next generation. Exactly. Yeah, but you don't. We, don't, we have I mean, power. You kind of do, it. but you don't. All right. And on that note, that's our show. And if you'd like to interact some more, check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com. Also, please support our Patreon. Okay, that was episode five of the Female Dating Strategy podcast. I just put it to a poll. I I'm telling you, this is I don't know about you guys. This is what I feel like right now. We're going to do another episode. Uh, I put it to a vote. It's unanimous, more unanimous than the skipping the shit. We're going to do one more show. Uh, but I feel like in uh, the Green Mile, John Coffey, you know, where he does the thing where he, like, takes the disease out of the body and he goes, I'm just, I just so tired, boss. That's what I honestly feel like right now. So this is what I need to do. I need uh, a three-minute break. I need to go get some water. I'm going to, uh, you know, everybody go take a bathroom break, get some water, maybe grab a snack, and we'll be back. And uh, what I'm going to do is, because I'm sure there's some sort of really shitty song called Smash the Patriarchy, uh, we're going to play it, 
This is what do we want? What's a really? But it can't be a joke song. It's got to be a really a real real shitty real shitty song. Um, I don't see it. All right, we're gonna play this right here. From so- I'll be back in two minutes. Did not listen to any of that shit. Okay, we're not gonna play that again. I would never do that to you. I am back. Oh man, that was fun. Al Bondi, bro. I know. Ryan bought this for the for the studio. It's right next to me, so I wear it for a bit. I used to have a no man shirt when I was a teenager. Back when that was acceptable, still. Um, <laughs> How was that song? What was the song? What was the song like? I, I went to go pee. Was it good? All right. Well, now we're back and we're doing episode six of the Female Dating Strategy podcast. I am fucking exhausted. Okay. That was, I don't know. That just was tiring. Let's, oh, here we go. This is fun. Episode six. Cue it up. Of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the title being BDSM, Kink, Sex Works, Polyamory, Endgame, Cannibalism. Seriously, that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Episode 6 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Let me just make sure this is episode 6. Yup. Oh, fucking right. That's right. Let's go. Let's go. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. What's up, queens? And this is Lilith. And this is Savannah. What's up, queens? 
What's up, Queen? We're going to be talking about the allegations that FDS is sex negative. (gasps) We're going to talk about kink and BDSM and kind of discuss some of the nuances in that that I think people. See, why is this quieter? Sometimes misrepresent us about. This episode is all about sex. Yeah. And I have. Is this quieter for you guys? So. We already kind of sussed out when we were talking about this before we started recording. Like, I guess I'm the vanilla person here. <laughs> By the way, uh, someone just said FDS would be more popular. Uh, would be so much more popular if it wasn't audio only. Not sure about that. Yeah. I'm going to sit back and let, let these other queens cover this topic. Too quiet. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I, got, I, got the, I downloaded this app to make this shit louder. Because we don't have enough fucking noise on the Female Dating Strategy podcast. Let's see. I haven't really ever been into BDSM. So, t- confession time. Um, I, I had a post Here where I roasted my it, right? past pick-me self. And I oh, wanted she to used go to into a, a bit more detail on this episode. Um, so, first of all, yeah, I used to be into like the kink, the BDSM scene. Yeah, you will, you dirty that, like, dogs. Now. And that stuff now repulses me now that I'm an adult and I have perspective and can look back on my past experiences and realize that low volume females BDSM community is a magnet for low value and toxic men. And I don't like how so much mainstream media discourse about it is about the woman's choice. Oh, the woman's consent. Oh, what if the woman is into it? What if she likes being choked? That kind of stuff. Because I mean, I've said this before. It's almost always their idea. This is not a guy idea to be like, yo, I'm going to choke you out. That's a chick thing. It almost doesn't matter to me if the woman is interested in that. Why? Women don't have agency? man that is into it is toxic. I'm concerned at how quickly it's becoming mainstream because... Uh, way back when, I remember when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. I'm, I I strongly recommend you do not read that book. But I remember when it came out in 2014 and everybody was going completely gaga over it. Um, I picked up a copy myself because um, it was just, I was curious, so to speak. And when I read the sex scenes, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but this was in about 2013. And since then, Sorry, just the a, BDSM, oh. it's just become so, so mainstream. And I don't think that's a good thing. And, and I think it's direct. Why? Women don't have agency? What? Because they're just easily manipulated by movies in Hollywood? ...tied to, you know, the proliferation of porn. Um, just like Lilith, I used to be involved in the scene. And every dom I met, they, they first came across BDSM in porn. Now, if, you know, in BDSM... How the fuck else would you find out about it? How are you supposed to find out about BDSM outside of pornography? What, do you go to the library? What section is that in? BDSM porn, it is, again, (laughs) I don't recommend anybody watching it. But if you look at it, it is very, very, extremely violent. Extremely violent. I thought that was the point. There's no discussions about safe words. There's, there's, There's absolutely no regard for... Um, the woman who is usually the submissive in these cases, there's absolutely no regard for her well-being. And it's really, really <laughs> scary that so many young men are being almost indoctrinated into thinking that this sort of sex is normal to the point where... I- no, they don't. I'm telling you guys, do not think this is normal. Every guy I know who has a chick who's into this shit rolls their eyes when they go, yeah, she wants to like do some fucking wacky stuff. And they don't want to do it. Like, maybe some guys are into it, some, like, weird-ass dudes. Most of the guys I know, and I'm sure most of the people you know who are just normal dudes, are not interested in this shit. 
some chick watches fucking Fifty Shades of Grey and they go, oh, I got some whips and some handcuffs. You go, all right, fuck, here we go. I do not want to do this shit. I used to this see chick stuff. You know, male doms advertising themselves, um, like looking for a submissive, basically. And they would say, I'm 20 years old. I've been in the scene for seven years. It's like, do you mean to tell me you started being a dom at 13? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> sure. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean, given the fact that most boys have been exposed to porn by the age of 10, it's that I can actually believe that. And that is really, really scary. We can't understate what it's doing to girls, too, because for every man that fancies himself a dom, there's a girl that thinks being submissive is cool or going to win her the approval or attention of men or she. No, they don't. This is not such public stuff where Gary's like, oh, yeah, she's a submissive. And he's just like, this is such specific niche shit. You know, gets kind of groomed by the whole porn culture, just like men do. And then gets told that anybody saying, you know, expressing caution about the entire situation is kink shaming or sex negative or doesn't respect her ability to make choices as an adult. But okay, if you're, I mean, technically at 18, you're an adult, but also a lot of these scenes, it seems to me as an outsider, uh, thrive on preying on girls that young that don't know better. They don't have a sense of their boundaries yet. Look, okay, this is a thing that comes up a lot. And. I see this a, a lot with when a older guy's dating like a younger woman. Either women have agency when they're 18 or they don't. You can't pick and choose. Either they're like 18 and they're free to do whatever they want and they're not children anymore or they're not and you need to change that age. But you can't say, oh, like they're they're okay to make these decisions when they're 18 and not these ones. Either they are or they aren't. You can't have it both ways. And And that's actually such a good point because the way that I got involved in – BDSM and stuff was actually when I was this episode's an hour. my earliest experience all an hour. with men or with dating, you know, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old were with guys who literally said that they wanted to act out the stuff that they saw in porn and they would, you know, even show me porn and be like, that's what sex is. That's what I want to do. And I'm looking at that and of course... No! I live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn and sex is when you put a hole in a sheet and you can't see the woman. You know, sex ed isn't terrible. But the sex ed that I get where I'm from is about, you know, condoms, how to prevent STDs, birth control, that kind of stuff. They don't really talk about what are healthy boundaries. What is, you know, um, the fact that you're allowed to say no as a woman, right? Yeah, it's very medical, right? And, and I think that's the school's role. It's hard to say they have to teach everyone morality around sex as well as the actual clinical ideas around sex. The, but that means that our ideas around sex are being set by the culture that's being set by porn that's being set by women's magazines who keep trying to normalize stuff like this and i could see why there was such an outrage um, and we and you know we've been involved in that too against magazines like teen vogue printing stuff like oh it's okay to engage in bdsm to a magazine meant for kids right Teen Vogue is read by young teens, right? Because otherwise, when they're around 18, 19, that's when people graduate to regular Vogue. You're talking girls, right? 12, 13 years old who are reading Teen Vogue and someone's writing in there almost to the point where it feels grooming to me. It feels grooming to me to introduce these ideas to children and a time where I feel like it's very, very age inappropriate. It's one thing to put it in an adult magazine, but the way that they keep inserting things about like, oh, it's okay to prostitute yourself. Oh, it's okay to engage in BDSM 
to very young girls uh, comes across to me not all unlike people who are sexual predators who introduce kids to porn and then try to normalize the behavior so that these kids want to experiment because it's natural that their bodies are sort of um, changing and growing but knowing they don't have a good sense of their own boundaries yet. It feels very, very predatory to me. Yeah, that's no exactly shit. It. Like when I was 14, I was dating a guy who was 16 and he'd been watching porn since he was 10 years old. And he essentially had groomed me to think that that is what it means to be desirable. And I just remember, like, it's so sick. Uh, it actually makes me feel groomed. uneasy to look back on that. And I feel really sad. Can for you get groomed by a 16 year old? Self, because when you're that age, you're seeking acceptance. You're kind of going through that awkward, like transitional phase. You know, you want people to like you. And so I remember, you know, having sex when I was, um, a teenager and if he did something like violent or degrading to me he'd be like oh my gosh that was so amazing thank you so much like he would be very vocal about how much he enjoyed that looking back it's basically like what i was taught was that the price of love and intimacy is degradation and humiliation and violence and that if you want a boyfriend or if you want to be desired that those are the things that you have to do. And so I somehow managed to gaslight myself into being Oh, you like, gaslight yourself? Yeah, I'm into this. You know, they seem to respond positively to that. And I wanted them to think positively of me. And so I'd be like, yeah, I'm totally into it. They have pick me cool girls that write all these magazines, right? And they always make, they always put themselves front and center. Like they're the authority on this. And look at me. I'm really great at this. And I like, it's almost like a race to the bottom to how much sexual abuse and risky sex you can have and then pretend like you're fine right there was a an article by tracy clark florio and she was a longtime editor of jezebel and actually she wrote a book where she came out and said oh yeah i was faking it the whole time when i was uh, no. talking about liking being choked during sex and feeling okay well exactly then say you what you fucking Lilith, mean would... because guys are choking women because they're being asked to do it so if you don't if you're saying hey choke me because you think that's what he wants and then, but he thinks that's what you want. So then he's doing it because he thinks that's what you want and you're doing, like, it's chicken and the egg. I don't know. Like, what are you supposed to do here? Even though I don't actually enjoy it, I tell myself that I enjoy it to sort of, like, mentally cope with the reality that that's what men want. Right, and feel, right, exactly. And feel like you're in control then, right? Because you're in control of your own abuse if you tell yourself that you like it. And that's a really, really, really dangerous message to be spreading to girls you know if, especially if you're an adult and that, i have a problem with all these adults doing this especially since some of these people are not like they're not sex therapists they're not medical doctors they're just random women that vogue decided to put on their front cover and tell like say okay this person's the authority on sex and some of these women are mentally ill literally mentally ill and i don't say that to make fun of people who are mentally ill but they're not of sound mind and body to be making good healthy choices for themselves and they glamorize uh being on drugs and engaging in sex work and then you get people like carly ciortino cat marnell Gigi angle Gigi angle oh my god <laughs> there's so many of these women here who you basically feel like their entire stick is like shock value sex. And it'll be so crazy yeah. sometimes. It'll be like, oh, if you haven't picked up a homeless dude from the side of the road and swirled that street meat to the back of your mouth, are you really a feminist? <laughs> <laughs> it's really insane. <laughs> Sweetie, are you yeah. even a real feminist unless you take cum shots to the face? If you blow a guy out back in the warehouse and uh, pop pills while you were doing You're it. You're not a real feminist unless you support all women, including women who like to go out in public with cum on their face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Have you fished a dildo out of the dumpster like a real freaking feminist? Yeah, like they're just gaslighting I us about what that. it means to be a real feminist. I mean, I don't believe all of them. Maybe there's no such thing as a real feminist. Maybe it's, it can mean whatever it wants to that person. I don't know. And I remember distinctly, because I remember, especially in college, there were some girls that were like the biggest pickmies. They were always sleeping with every guy. And on the outside looking in based on their behavior be like well they're clearly so desperate for approval but the way they would always be so defensive and be like i'm better than the rest of these chicks especially because they would get attention from men they would always have this attitude like you just can't handle it right and oh you're just vanilla you're just vanilla you can't handle it these chicks out here prudes you know i'm just a ride or die chicks are not for the boys as an adult you realize there's no way you're enjoying all that dick okay like just probability wise (laughs) like just probably like even as a person I mean, I understand just being drunk and horny and wanting to fuck because drinking and fucking is fun. But just just straight up numbers wise, a lot of guys equipment ain't that great and they ain't that skilled, sis. So, you know, when you start to just have the perspective as an adult, you realize like, yeah, a lot of the women spend a lot of time lying to themselves because they are desperate for male approval, but they don't like to admit it. So they cloak it in feminism and girl power and uh, Damn, and also, deep. you know, enjoying the social status that comes with getting attention from these guys. I think for me, the the biggest issue perhaps I have with BDSM and the entire community is the cognitive dissonance. If you told somebody that my boyfriend slaps me, chokes me, throws me up against the wall, ties me up and, you know, beats me, everybody would be like, what are you doing? You're being abused. But when you add BDSM to that or in bed, as I say, suddenly it's fine and you shouldn't kink shame. And it's like, (laughs) you can't separate the person in the bedroom, you know, from the person outside. Like you can't. I guess, pretend to be a misogynist by beating women for sexual gratification and then say you're not a misogynist. You know, it's very, very, the cognitive dissonance is absolutely huge. We have an article like that on on the website, which is that his kinks are a reflection of his character. At some point, we decided as a culture that people's kinks were completely separate from who they are. And I, I almost feel like it got Personally, I feel like it got snuck in when we were talking about gay rights and saying, hey, some people are just gay or lesbian. It has nothing to do with their character as a person. They're not terrible people. And so understanding people's sexual orientation is not a part of their character is a little bit different than saying people's kinks are not a part of their character. A kink is not a protected characteristic as well. People. It should be, though. Protect our whores. They love to act. Got it. By the way, these chicks, I hope. For all of our sakes, get a fucking producer at some point or learn some sound mixing skills because this is tough. This like is tough means, to listen. So if you say, if you express any sort of concern, it's, oh, you're kink shaming. That's not. And it's like, well, shame is still an emotion. <laughs> and sometimes like, you should feel sh- ashamed. Yeah. Certain things. Pedophilia. You should feel ashamed. Furries. You should feel ashamed. Okay, if you like wearing a diaper during sex, you should fucking be ashamed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're coming after the diaper wearing community. These women have no bounds. Okay, like <laughs> you should feel shame. Shame is a mechanism of social cooperation. Okay, like it's a it's a way of regulating everyone's behavior. I have to tell you, I'm tired of like seeing these yeah grown men in baby diapers and baby bottles and acting like that shit doesn't repulse me. God, yeah. And I cannot be the only woman that feels that way. But you can't even say anything because it's like you. Wait, wait. They think they live in a world where they're not allowed to shame dudes wearing diapers and baby bottles because 
I mean, they're just hanging out with the wrong people because the world I live in is you are definitely shaming a guy who's fucking wearing diapers and baby bottles. You hate people who are different. I don't even hate that person. It's just gross. It's not even personal. It's just inappropriate. Inappropriate. And I remember it was quite interesting. If I look back, I came across BDSM in Erotica. I, I got a Kindle Unlimited subscription and a lot of the free books on there are BDSM. That's how we need to know. But anyway, I would often find that the Dom, who was often the man in these books, he was always ridiculously wealthy and ridiculously attractive. In real life, you go to any, like, club or whatever. It's because it's fucking Fifty Shades of Grey. They're just aping Fifty Shades of Grey. They're ripping it off. And look at the men who call themselves Doms. Not one of them. Almost none of them are attractive and almost none of them are rich. Yeah. They're all like... (laughs) What do you think the chicks look like? losers. Exactly. And... uh, I mean, but it was even more interesting in the sense that it was clear the author was using, you know, their wealth and attractiveness as a substitute for the man actually having a personality or a redeeming personality. And the sub... Are we really trying to find out guys' personalities at these BDSM clubs? Stories was always a massive pick-me, oh my god, pick-me on steroids. And I can't believe I used to think that that was romance. But looking back, um, even the authors, they can never flesh out the Dom's personality... And, you know, and so instead of actually, you know, building a character with any depth or redeeming qualities, they would just focus on how attractive and rich he was. And, you know, like Lilith said, if you go to any BDSM party, again, and not recommended, it's not the case at all. I can probably count on... Actually, I can't count one, actually. So we'll dead that there. They're all neckbeards. Yeah. The other thing I want to point out... What do the chicks look like? What, are you just neckbeards and models? Because if it is, then fucking every neckbeard dude's going to go there. Is that uh, men who are good people and men who are into kink are mutually exclusive groups. Like, back to the whole character thing. I've not met a single man who was into beating women during sex who was not also a raging misogynist in real life. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. Right? Like, you can't, you cannot separate... Like, just because something makes your dick hard doesn't make that, like, not reality. Right? That's still, it's still part of... What happens in the bedroom is still, quote-unquote, real life. It's very weird to me, especially when you look at how porn is and how everyone's just kind of decided that, for whatever reason... The sexual realm is not... Can we get Neckbeard added to the, the dating strategy, the bingo? Not ...open for criticism when it comes to their problematic themes. I feel like if any other industry was putting out the kind of content that the porn industry does, they'd be shut down by the wokesters. They'd be set on fire. So why is it okay for them to do all this racist, abusive, pedophilic, incestuous-type porn... And no one really ever has a problem with it, both from the perspective of the consumers as well as the producers. And the producers include the actresses who agree to that stuff, right? It kind of just seems to me like everyone's trying to compartmentalize it outside of our culture. But I'm like, why is how is this not a reflection of people's character or our culture when so many of the quote unquote kinks that people are into here are are taboo things in our particular culture right like racism so they'll do stuff that's deliberately playing into stereotypes against black women they'll do things that are deliberately playing into stereotypes black women. against asian women and uh i think I mean, in light of the discussion we've had because of murders, uh in atlanta 
and you know how this man this like no chin having looks like his family tree doesn't really no much like just gross but you can just see the entire entire first off that dude was the i believe they're referencing the guy who shot up the massage parlor and there's nothing to do with asians he just they happen to be asian but as far as entitlement that he had to treating those women like they were subhuman like they were there to service him it's weird to me they were there to service him they were quite literally their profession was to service men so it has nothing to do with that there was an article posted on fds a while back that was like six marginalized groups that porn has no problem making fun of or something like that and there was a lot of like, like a good read yeah like uh cops rape like black women or like refugees get raped by um immigration officials and that kind of stuff what? and like i mean they don't use the word rape most of, sometimes they do but a lot of times it's, they use the word like force blackmailed or something like that they did use the word rape until until pornhub got called before parliament right and then now they cleaned up everything but it still looks parliament. horrible right it doesn't look like it's getting any better if any other media production company had a scene where like refugee women were being raped by immigration officials for entertainment that shit would get shut down so quickly so why does it why is it okay when i mean there might be a scene in a movie like that remember, just won't that be graphic you have an orgasm you get a dopamine rush it reinforces that behavior so when you when someone like masturbates or gets sexual pleasure from humiliation, violence, degradation, and so on, it's just reinforcing that and building those neural pathways so much stronger. Yeah, it's basically like edge lord neck beard incel fantasies. It's, it's like holy kind of, shit, that was a lot of bingos right there. Like how unpopular opinion is on Reddit, where it's all the opinions that are just racist and sexist that these guys feel persecuted for saying, and then sexualized, and then that's the the porn industry now it's like they got a room full of incels to workshop okay what should we make our next porn film about or whatever and then all the incels get together go like oh well those black women are getting too uppity so <laughs> throw some like and, and i'm not even exaggerating about that they were talking about that in uh some black porn actresses were talking about literally being forced to pose with bananas like there's so all right that's unique. a lot who's writing this it's not even inventive <laughs> here's the thing it's boring because i'm like it's not even inventive I remember yes. HBO's like real sex or something and it would be like at least a little bit imaginative. It'd be like, I'm sexually attracted to popping balloons or I'm sexually attracted to glitter and it would be something different, you know, or I want to take, I want to have sex in a bathtub full of jello. These kinks and these things that are being promoted as kink positive are all just the edgelord ideas being pushed into the mainstream by the porn industry and, and to be honest like i don't really care about those types of fetishes like they, you know even foot fetishes i don't have a positive Yuck. or negative opinion about that i don't care what other people do my problem is with the right there's specific cultural narratives the specific cultural narratives yeah like in terms of anything that has to do with basically sexualizing oppression and making oppression sexy and abuse yeah and any kind of fetish that plays into that to me has no place in progressive modern society right and it's like we've all ha we all have collective amnesia when it comes to the porn industry and and every time i see one of these m women's magazines talk about how oh have you paid for feminist porn or it's empowering or we need to support these women in the porn industry i'm like all of them because some of them are putting out very very problematic content problematic yes but they're feminists so kind of shitty if you don't support them and i don't know that it's 
you know, there seems to be no discussion of like, how responsible are they for creating these really, really toxic narratives, right? And we always get people who go like, oh, but what about femdom, okay? Like, first of all, the vast majority of porn is not femdom. (laughs) It's like 0.01% of the sexy content that you'll see is femdom. Secondly, even in femdom, the man's pleasure, the man's kinks are still the higher priority. The thing is, though, part of me, honestly, part of me kind of really likes the fact that there are women out there who get paid to kick men in the balls. <laughs> bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. No, see, it doesn't count because they like it. See, that doesn't count. Ah. Yeah, like if he enjoys getting kicked in the balls, then yeah, okay, it doesn't count. But I, I just like the idea of women getting rich from kicking men in the balls. <laughs> Look, if I can get rich kicking dudes in the balls, I think I can speak for all of us when we say we'd be doing that. I hate the idea of making men happy. Yeah, that's true. But (laughs) 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 anyways, the author of that Verge article, what's her face? I can't remember her name, but she she was a a, a dominatrix and she writes a lot of like pro sex work stuff. Sex work is real work. Erin Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. And she she like, uh, I was looking at her articles that she's written. All of them are like vehemently defending the porn industry. And I'm sorry, but like, just because you are the one privileged sex worker that's able to negotiate your prices and you're the one making the one, the dominant one doesn't excuse the 99.9999% of women in the sex trafficking industry who are being exploited. Yeah, definitely. She wrote an article recently too, where she was basically, she said just what you said, but also remarked about how it was harder for her to get work because all her clients had to go home to their girlfriends and wives and it was harder for them to get away. And then the next paragraph was like, okay, so you, you, this is how you can help support sex workers. Just send them money. I'm like, send them money for what? So you can help their husbands cheat on them? It seems so wild to me, like the cognitive dissonance between, oh yeah, I'm a person that a lot of my clients are men who are already taken with families. And also those same women should send me money to do what, sis? Yes, yeah. like I'm, I'm putting I'm putting Put other women card. at risk of getting an STD, but you know, feel bad for me and send me money. Right. If it was if if they were stuck in the industry, I feel like that's one thing. And but when they're actively choosing to be a part of this, and they don't have to, it's not our responsibility to make sure they keep a job and like feel good about it. That's nobody's responsibility. In any industry. <laughs> it's almost like there's men and women who are shitty. We've had that on the FDS subreddit as well, where, you know, sex workers in the wild have wandered over and said, you should be supporting all women. And it's like, well, you know, why is the emotional labor on women, especially when you're engaging in behaviors that actively harm other women and you don't seem to care? Yeah, we get women all the time on female dating strategy who are like, I'm a sex worker. Where's my voice? Unban me, bitch. Not necessarily the issue that she's a sex worker, but more so just trying to keep promoting sex work on FDS. And it's like, this is not, first of all, the place for that. But then secondly, just like we said, some of this content that you're promoting is problematic. The sex workers have even said that, you know, my favorite clients are married. You know, they know these clients are married and it's because they're obviously not going to get too attached i guess if they're already married and going back to you know their wife at home so it's like you guys know what you're doing you don't seem to care but you still want the emotional labor and support from the same women that you're harming i still so, don't understand what emotional labor is they use that term all the time and it's, it's talking i don't get narcissistic. it narcissistic 
Like, they're the ones saying, oh, you're supposed to support all women, but they're the ones enabling men to cheat on their wives. They're not supporting all women. The other thing is just because a woman chooses to do something doesn't automatically mean that it's good for women. Exactly. And also Obviously. doesn't mean that they deserve support for it as well. Exactly. Like, there are conservative women out there who, like, Ann Coulter has said that she thinks women shouldn't have the right to vote, right? So should I support Ann Coulter just because she's a woman? No. Like, <laughs> women who say problematic shit that's harmful to women deserve critique as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking. Yeah, I, I think we have to draw a line between people who are in the sex industry because, and let's just face it, a lot of the people who are in the sex industry are there because of trauma. But those women don't seem to be always given the same voice as these optional sex workers. These women that I feel like are doing it because they have drug problems or they're more or less not interesting otherwise. So they're just kind of creating this persona around their sex work. And yeah, a lot I think of that. the thing that needs to be clear is we don't have a responsibility to make sure this industry gets expanded or keeps going, right? And no industry gets that way. And I feel like they've they've been able to occupy this space where I mean, again, like men are still the prime consumers of sex work. Victims like, when it's convenient, and then strong, empowered women when it's convenient. There's just like this fake empowerment thing where right? they go, "Oh, it's so empowering and to be prostitute." By doing that, it's like no one's ever held accountable for their content. No one's ever held accountable for the impact they have on people who use their services, you know, by extension, the women and who are affected by these men who use them. And it's not their fault. These men are like this, but it's also like you're, you are also enabling some of this, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And you're profiting from it. It's also enabling male entitlement. The idea that men you know, feel like if I pay enough, I can get a woman to do whatever I want. That is essentially the sex industry. Yeah. It really bothers me that a lot of the like, pro-sex people are on this like moral high ground or act like they're on this moral high ground like oh support all women like support sex workers blah blah blah. if you don't support sex workers you're not a real feminist but at the same time they are supporting an industry that is extremely toxic and harmful to women so i don't really think that they deserve to have that moral high ground it's just not there yeah i don't understand it either and i'm not exactly sure how and where that came into the feminist discourse because again it, it just seems like the vi- most privileged- it was a pure power thing it was that men were exploiting women and so women were like we it's like taking the n-word back that's what that's what the whole like women being on board with the sex work stuff is they're just like we're gonna take it back it's we're not gonna be exploited we're gonna be the exploiters and go okay as long as we get what we want women took the microphone and then the scores of women who get chewed up and spit out of this industry I mean, watch stuff like Soft White Underbelly on YouTube. And you, a lot of these women have very tragic, sad backgrounds. And what leads them to porn is usually not good. Or you, leads them to sex work is usually not good. And it's weird to have a disconnect between the glamorized version of sex work and BDSM and what it could be if everyone's safe, sane, and consensual and everyone uh, practices. I mean, if you need everybody to be sane, good luck having anybody doing that shit. Is it perfectly and all the men are respectful? And then the reality on the ground, I don't like the disconnect there because it seems like they're just completely ignoring the carnage to push an ideology. And if there's anything I, you know, I think FDS is trying to cut through is let's like, stop with the fairy tales, stop with the liberal fairy tales that all, everything is going to be perfect in these types of communities. They're just like any other type of community. Are you telling me, for example, like 
that uh, being a waitress and having shitty clients and having them sometimes be jerks and how much that affects women who work, you know, in the service industry emotionally. And then you sexualize that. You're telling me that's actually better and they're getting more respect from their clients. And these women are in power positions when, you know, they're just as desperate to make rent as someone who busses tables. Right. I don't understand how they're trying to trying to make it seem as if this industry is the exception to the rule. It's it's I mean, it it defies all logic to me. Mm -hmm. Every single time that a dom does something shitty or abusive, like Army Hammer, for example. Oh, God. They go, oh, well, not all not all doms are like that. It's like the not all men are like that. Not all cannibals. I mean, but it isn't even that. The discourse is, oh, well, that wasn't a dom. That was an abuser. Typical no true Scotsman fallacy. It what? makes absolutely no sense. If your community is predicated on abuse, which is what BDSM is, regardless of whether you consent or not. But it's women who are driving this. Women are the ones who are the majority doing BDSM stuff or into it. I fucking guarantee that. Not. You shouldn't be surprised when... And BDSM, let's be clear, it's bondage, sado, mas... Bondage, dominance, sadism, masochism. And it's like literally abuse. You can't then act shocked when people get abused. It's just so, so stupid. The other disturbing thing about the BDSM community is the emphasis on, like, the quote-unquote fresh meat. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, they actually fetishize the women who are new to the scene, who are younger who don't know how to have strong boundaries and stuff like that. Yeah. Those are the ones who get yeah. disproportionately targeted, right? And so it bothers me when they're... I mean, young be- people in general get disproportionately targeted, men and women for stuff, because they just don't know better, you know? It's why the military gets tons of people who are young and they're just, like, you know, in a bad spot. And they're like, I'm going to go join the military. And they get their fucking legs blown off in some country fighting some war they don't know shit about. Maybe have more experience who have been in the scene for longer and they're pushing this pro BDSM narrative. At the same time, it's they're not the ones necessarily being hurt the most. It's the less experienced women. See, that scares me, too, because that 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 sets up a situation where you have a woman who is probably seeking this out, you know, for the reasons that you guys have already stated. And then they're getting lavished with attention by this community. Yeah, because they're new and experience inexperienced that that's it is. It is super dark. It is so insidious, actually. 100% like it is I mean there are subreddits on reddit where you know people can say I'm looking for a dom or a sub or whatever they want and when I see a girl who's like 18 my heart just completely sinks because it's like she's gonna get oh I, I just can't even because at that age you don't even know what you don't know and like you know Lilith yeah. said you know, she you know she's got a massive target on her back and she won't even know yeah, exactly. It's like a deer, like wandering out in a field. This is a little boring. I agree. Being but... like, oh, I'm looking for a nice, friendly lion to, you know, help me. And she doesn't even realize that she's making herself so vulnerable. Oh, another thing about what what Rose said earlier about uh, consent. I feel like the concept of consent has been muddied a lot by the the sex posy feminists, right? The general like vibe about consent is like, oh, we believe in consent. Anything that is consensual is good. Um, but at the same time, when I mean, if you consent, then you consent. Like again, as I said it before, but like, if you if you do you have agency or not? Because women, men are never like, oh, I sometimes want agency, sometimes not. Men are just like, yeah, you're 18. That's it. Good luck out there, and they give you a fucking pat on the back and go, good luck in the world. And then women, you're like, yeah, you're 18, but you know, some stuff, all this stuff's not your fault, and you shouldn't be able to choose this. Like, you can't have it both ways. And saying no, 
which you're allowed to do <laughs> under the concept of consent, all of a sudden people start to have a problem with that. And it's like, oh, you're, you're sex negative or you're prudish or. And I want to inter- interject here. There is a really, really great article um, on just the concept that you said by this journalist named Louise Perry. Um, she's been a long time. Uh, she, she's funny because she interacts with our FDS Twitter sometimes. She made the case just, she laid out the case that you just did is that the left has no morality other than consent is okay, but they seem to ignore all of the cultural influences that go into who is allowed to say no, when they're allowed to say no, what happens when they say no, and uh, the consequences to that. And just saying, you know, these things don't exist in a vacuum. So I think it's important when we when we just say, consent is the barrier it's like well technically women who are in abusive relationships they're kind of consenting to be there a lot of times that's kind of the ugly truth yeah but you can't you can't consent to a like a real crime getting i mean i guess you kind of can but at the end of the day you know you can't uh i don't know allow women who are coming to you know work with black eyes to just say well i just love him and i want to stay all the time and we allow them but we also say like sis like what you're doing here is clearly damaging to you mentally and emotionally right Even yeah you're allowed to fucking damage yourself mentally and emotionally it's a goddamn free country it's called america i think she's canadian quote, quote okay with his abuse right yeah like all of the sex stuff that i've done that traumatized i mean i don't know if this is like a philo- philosophical thing but you're like if you're in an abusive relationship man or a woman but you're fine with it even though it's abusive like do you not have the right to remain in it? Maybe I guess some people would say, well, you're not, you're no longer under your own control to make that decision, but maybe you are and you choose that this abusive relationship is bad, the best option. Obviously, it's kind of fucked up because, like, you know, if it's physically abusive, then now you're being assaulted and that's, uh, that's a criminal element. I don't know. It's, it's- I technically consented to it. Consent is a very, very low bar. And the other thing that I find dark is like, if you talk about having a negative sexual experience, like on my other like Reddit accounts, there have been cases where I say like, oh, I had this like bad sexual experience, you know, related to BDSM. There's always comments that are like, oh, but you consented to it. So it's almost placing if if a woman consents to something. You did. But you did consent to it. What? It just didn't go exactly how you wanted it? That's, I mean, are you not partially to blame? When something bad happens, they, it's just victim blaming. They're just putting it back. You're on not the victim. You consented. The woman for, oh, well, you should have known better. You consented to it. If a man what? does something bad to you after you consent, you had it coming. And I mean, you straight up, you're doing BDSM. You're like, punch me in the face. And you're like, what? He punched you too hard? I don't know. You should have told him. Should have gone to the fucking, uh, like, Dave and Buster's and gone up to one of those machines and be like, okay, I want to see what your, like, 300 score punches. And then be like, okay, do that. And so that's what I mean about I the concept of consent being sort of twisted by what we call left wing patriarchy. Because if you say no, you get punished. If you say yes and then you have a bad experience, you also get punished. So then die alone. I don't know. Fuck. Is it really consent when women have been raised to have weak boundaries? Okay. Come on. For advocating for themselves and conditioned to prioritize men's pleasure. Yeah. Live live them cool girl, girl boss types pretend that they're above that all the time. They're not honest about it. And I think what happens is, and and it's all cope, by the way, like so much of it's cope because you'll see the same type of people on on uh, Twitter and Instagram talking about their newest anxiety problem. And it's like, well, maybe it's because you're letting dudes choke you out that you don't like, don't like or respect you, sis. It's yeah, not you're like asking that for it, though. where Literally. the cognitive dissonance between their myriad of mental health issues and the behavior that they're engaging in, they don't want to ever 
admit that they made a mistake or that they're just regular. Like they, they don't, they're trying to so hard not to be like the other girls. Right. And they're harming themselves and then other people in the process. Cause they, it's competitive. What they're failing to understand is that this stuff is competitive. At the end of the day, you're competing for this group of men and that you want to obviously reproduce with on some higher level. And so if you think that's what you got to do, that might be what you got to do. I don't know. Guys are competing too. They have a microphone. I mean, pygmies are basically just the flying monkeys of the patriarchy. Exactly. Like, I feel almost kind of bad for women who defend BDSM because I used to be like that. The difference is, like, I never had a Twitter account with millions of followers. Like, I've said stupid shit in the past, but I wasn't really influencing anybody either, right? And I wasn't profiting from that either as well, right? So all these, like, sex, quote-unquote, sex advice, you know, guru people that you see on social media... Um, the ones that are promoting these narratives that are harmful to women, I have much more limited compassion for them. I basically consider BDSM to be a form of self-harm. People Pick choose these. to do things all the time that are harmful to themselves. And if someone you know is engaging in self-destructive behavior, whether that is drugs or you know an eating disorder or cutting themselves or being in an abusive relationship, you get them the help that they need you don't egg them on and tell them that their self-destructive behavior is empowering. So to tie up the, the BDSM part of this podcast, oh God, I want to half an hour this share shit. the story of a famous actor named Dami Hammer, who was Dami recently for was he a cannibal? Um, by several cannibal? women for having a, a fetish for, um, I think it was for cannibalism. Oh, yeah, not all right. cannibals, sis. Yeah, not all cannibals are like that, okay? Like, how <laughs> dare you suggest there's something wrong? <laughs> he basically sent these women quite explicit um, like messages on Instagram, basically saying how he wanted to basically cannibalize them. Um, I think in one message, he said he wanted to chop her to pieces and then fuck the pile that was her body or some weird shit like that. Totally or like, I want to cut shit. off your finger and then put it in my pocket so I always have you with me or something like that. Ugh. What? Or, or some shit like that. Is that cannibalism? And we, had, um, <laughs> we had women actually defending like cannibalism as a fetish. And that was when I knew we have now reached the end game. Of BDSM. <laughs> what, what, you murder someone? The only, thing that can, the only thing that can probably bring us back is probably a Thanos snap to the beginning of the Earth because I don't know how you can come back from actually defending, you know, something like cannibalism. Cannibalism! Cannibalism! Very low value. That to you, is that not a red flag? Huge red flag. Yes, that is a red flag. Correct. If a man says that to you, that's a red flag. If you choose to ignore that red flag and proceed... What does that say about you? Massive. It's so weird to me where they talk about, well, you should see the red flags when you're in a bad relationship. And then they normalize every type of depravity and disrespect possible. And then say you're shaming people and you're not a real feminist and you don't understand. Yeah. When if you do not let a man eat your finger... You're not a real feminist. That's my new Jeff Fox movie shtick. We call it out. It's so bizarre to me. And this is why women are constantly fucking losing out here because women be taking out normalize anything a man says doesn't matter. Even cannibalism. Even if he wants to eat you for a sexual gratification. There are pick who defend pedophilia. Okay. Like with the whole Amy Chandler 
Challoner. Debacle. Challoner? I don't know how to... Uh, Two L's for their whole life. Double L. What? Their whole life is an L, (laughs) to be honest. Ooh! Yeah. So, I don't know for those of you listening, long story short, basically Reddit got shut down for a couple of days because um, Reddit hired a pedophile, or a pedophile-like apologist, I should say, whose father and whose husband um, are known pedophiles. Father was convicted of torturing and raping a 10-year-old girl. Husband was found, it was outed to be writing child pornography kink literature and being the moderator of, I think, 60, 70 subs related to LGBTQ issues, some of which were for children. And some of them related to teens, yeah. And had a diaper fetish, and it's really sick. Yeah, and, and what I was astonished by is how many people, some women included, who were saying, like, there's a difference between being a pedophile and committing child sexual abuse. Like, not all pedophiles actually, not all pedophiles actually rape children, and not all child rapists are pedophiles, and, you know, pedophiles deserve our sympathy, basically defending them, and... What? What do, how, what kind of fucking world do we live in where people are defending pedophiles? No, bring the flood. Of all people. Like, no, there's no possible situation where that's okay. It's very scary to me because it's like almost yeah. uh, creep creep or kink creep where they're just slowly but surely. It's up- almost like they're grooming, you would say. Eroding people's boundaries and sense of normalcy up, and forcing women to be more and more sexually available, being less uh, concerned about safeguarding around children. And not even women, girls. Girls, yeah. Like 10-year-old girls should be sexually available. They're saying that 10-year-old girls should be sexually available to adult men. Okay, fuck that. Fuck no, okay? That is the end game, is to defend the worst parts of humanity. Like, the truly, like, below bar in hell... It's weird because generally the female dating strategy, their episodes are talking shit about men, but this is just, they're talking shit about women right now, right? Depraved beyond imagination, literally eating people and raping children. That's the stuff that is getting normalized nowadays. The predators keep taking the microphone and they keep trying to create a situation for themselves where they can have the kind of victims that they want. And and they're going to keep doing that. But the Pickneys just jumping in and agreeing all the time is the problem. And it's why we're kind of hard on them. Cause I'm like, listen, you are actually opening the door for a lot of very, very toxic, predatory, dangerous things with your knee jerk defense of whatever man gets up on a mic and tries to normalize anything, right? Like you guys got to stand on your own two feet and look at this for what it is. Like, don't, don't be so empathetic. I mean, are, to are men trying to normalize is- pedophilia as much? I feel like it's a certain subsect of, toxic it's almost like a toxic level of empathy like to the they have no sense of self-preservation and i'm like it's so it's fine to say first of all that you're grossed out by this it's also fine to say no get used to saying no be comfortable saying no yes be comfortable strategizing and looking okay what are all the weaknesses in this argument that could cause problems for us or me it's fine to do that and i'm tired of the left like almost weaponizing victimhood and yeah um glorifying yeah. victimhood because yeah. it doesn't do us any good no it doesn't yeah these so chicks are based sometimes remarks i just want closing to remarks god damn it's still 20 minutes with the reminder that sexuality oh, fuck, these chicks are boring sometimes in a vacuum 
What we do in the bedroom exists within a greater context, and that context is a patriarchal, racist, exploitative system. The things that make us horny, you know, it doesn't just occur randomly. It's not something that you're born with, like being gay or being lesbian. We're not born to be sexually submissive, and men are not born to be sexually violent, or even vice versa. Your kinks are a reflection of your mental state. They are a reading reflection this? of the society that you live in. It's not an innate part of who we are as humans. In general, I don't think we should be normalizing violent and degrading sex. We shouldn't be normalizing any type of sexuality that normalizes violence against women. By the way, in all of these BDSM encounters that I had, not once did a man ever make me come. <laughs> the sex was literally over when he orgasmed and his pleasure... Yeah, that's how it works. ...always came first. It was always his fetishes that we were exploring and I was just sort of going along with it. I mean, you were not I just going along with it. Or whatever. On, on the very rare occasion where I did manage to come is because I was using a vibrator on myself and he was just sort of like there. He wasn't even using the vibrator. I mean, come on. How are guys supposed to compete with a fucking vibrator? They're on me. I was basically just masturbating in his presence. I gained literally nothing from indulging in his fantasies except for validation and acceptance from a shitty, abusive, low-value man. And now I realize that even that was harmful because it was just part of the grooming process. My first few boyfriends, like, basically conditioned me to be easier to abuse for the next guy. We need to break this cycle. <laughs> And I know a lot of our critics probably listening in are thinking to themselves like, oh my gosh, where are you finding these guys? There must be something wrong with you if you've dated so many terrible dudes because most men are good. Which, first of all, that's a lie. Most men are not good. <laughs> Drink! The same thing. There's probably at least some truth to it. Two, that's just more victim blaming. The solution is just pick better guys. Because those guys still exist, even if we... I mean, again, I understand that if you're in her position, you would think, yeah, I, I shoulder no blame here, and all men are bad, and I'm completely a victim, but, you know, there could be some sort of middle ground, no? Pick different guys. They're just going to go out and abuse a different woman. This is a structural, society-wide problem. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this segment, we're going to talk about poly... Amory. So one thing we get a lot in the subreddit is uh, whenever we say anything remotely critical of polyamory, we always get a bunch of polyamorous people being like, oh my gosh, why are you always attacking us? Why are you always attacking us? That is how polyamorous people probably talk. That's accurate. Polyamorous people, blah, blah, blah. First of all, we're not the ones attacking polyamorous people. Like polyamorous people comment on our subreddit all the time being like, how dare you say anything bad about polyamory and like I'm in a polyamorous relationship and I love it and you should I listen to this on like one and a quarter too, speed blah 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 so when we say critical stuff about polyamory we're kind of responding to what do you think are increasing the speed here secondly like my problem just, with polyamory these are putting is that me to sleep take into account the fact that it all like, I don't know. People who promote polyamory act like we live in a world where men and women are already equal and that there's no sexual differences between men and women. And it shows. For example, it's pretty celebrated, I guess, for one... All right, we're, we're going one and a quarter speed. I'm trying to think of a good Star Trek reference, but I can't remember. But they have some sort of um, something or other where they go warp speed. I'd have multiple girlfriends, but if one woman were to have multiple oh, this is better. is not received as positively... It's just polygamy and sister wives with a different leftist rebranding. Yeah, it's been weird to me to see the the 
This is actually just a normal speed. I should have been doing this the whole time. Circle because again, as a person who was raised on the more conservative circles, not like nobody, nobody, anybody I knew was into the sister wife thing. But I do remember, like, uh, I do remember watching reality shows. Increasing the speed is cheating, but and that was so controversial. I'm tired. You'd see these women coming out of those huge compounds and like the little house in the prairie dress, and everybody would feel bad for them about how oppressive it was and how having a man having multiple wives is wrong and exploitative, and these women were brainwashed and. They would talk to the sister wives and the sister wives would justify it. Not unlike a lot of times you see polyamorous couples. I'm choosing this. This is my choice. I'm lovingly sharing this man with these other women. It makes household chores easier. Yeah, it does. We uh, we have really good communication with each other. And so it's very, very strange. I I just don't understand. (laughs) Like it's for me as a person, I'm just watching these two dogmas almost align in their practice, <laughs> even if they think they're ideologically different or they're, they're coming to the same conclusion from different routes of thought. And I have to say, it's another, it's just one of those things that maybe woke me up out of the bubble of liberal feminism because I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I, I stopped hanging around religious people because I didn't like ideologies being pushed that I thought were not actually beneficial to women among other things, right? But that's a big part of it is just looking at the practical reality of what these practices mean versus what they're trying to tell you loving submission should look like. Um, and then be like, yeah, no, I'm not going. And to see this kind of take over secular media, it's almost like secular media has become its own little religion. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, is like most men can't even please one woman. So Whoa. They think that they're entitled to have more than one. Facts. <laughs> Again, yeah, they're not entitled, but the fact is they're doing it. So, and I'm sure there's a, they're getting punished left, right, and center for having a bunch of women. Uh, like, exactly. They can barely communicate. That's the crazy thing to me. I'm like, where? And if they can communicate, they're usually very manipulative. So that's the trade-off. You get a guy that can barely string. Yeah, because men, women, they're never manipulative. This together or articulate his own thoughts, and then you have the guys that are motor mouths that can you know, sell uh, a plate of ribs to a woman with white gloves in the summertime, right? And I think part of the appeal of, you know, like monogamy is that you know you can, that you can get somebody else, but you're choosing to be with that person. I think for me, for the entire, I can love multiple people. It just really, really takes out the the essence of choosing to be with somebody. If you're essentially saying, well, I can choose to be with multiple people. Yeah. And all the women who do this are lying to themselves. Like I remember, I, I there was a few of these experts that were pushing the polyamory thing. I want to say like Shan Booty was one. And when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, they don't actually have sex with other people. They just say, oh, you're free to do what you want. But then they're constantly vetoing it or getting jealous. And that's the same deal with, um, you know, a lot of the people we'd see on polyamorous couples that would be talking about on Reddit, where there'd always be one person who would feel left out. They'd be like, well, I feel like I don't communicate as well with one person. And I feel like I'm being left out. And I'm like, have you ever tried to go on vacation with three people? And how much yeah, it's like polyamory works in pr- like in theory. I'm sure friends. in practice, because there's always like a situation nightmare. where two people want to do something and another person doesn't. Are you telling me you're going to do this for a lifelong as a lifelong lifestyle? Agreed. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Like relationships and communication are already work and are challenging enough when there's two people. When you add a third person in there, it just creates this odd sort of dynamic where. Um, you know, two people might feel closer and one person might feel left out or something like that. And you see this all the time on the polyamory subreddits, how like, you know, I'm feeling jealous of my partner. How do I not feel jealous? Uh, gee, like maybe there's something wrong with the, uh, the premise of your question there. You're going to, I mean, and, and this is just in platonic friendships. Like I said, I've gone on vacation with two other friends and it all, we get it. You've been on a vacation. Two people just kind of grow closer during the, during the trip. And the third person's kind of odd way out. And it doesn't feel great for that person. Cause then you feel like, well, did you just like, that's such you- a chick chick like reference there where you go. Yeah. I like, I've been on vacation with guys. Not like that. Do you invite me along to split the bill? And it might not have been started out that way. It might've started with the best intentions, but there's always like little disagreements. And then, 
That's you know, girls. If you have any issues at all in the friendship, like it'll get amplified just because you have to make all these decisions and you are being forced to constantly choose sides. Girls. So it's very, very strange to me to think this dynamic is somehow perfect again, unless you have one person who's sort of dominant and then the other three kind of do, you know, they're basically massive pygmies. And that's the sister wife situation where like they have one guy that makes all the decisions and then they just go do all the domestic labor in the background. That's the only way that really works. <laughs> so ladies, I actually have a confession uh, about polyamory. Um, because I, because I, I totally used to be one of them. So you guys, again, the vanilla person here. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. Let me tell you the story. Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you the story. So don't let them say that we don't know what we're talking about. Because there's more than enough women who've been in. This yeah, we're, we have tons of failed stuff we've tried. Style who are on our sub who can tell you the truth. That's what we're telling people. The truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these people saying like, oh, clearly you don't know anything about polyamory. I'm like, bitch. This <laughs> bitch, is my lived reality. This. Okay. <laughs> I, my, I own Bitch. my own experiences and I'm allowed to talk about them positively or negatively, okay? If you can't handle that, like, just just click away. Just go look somewhere else. If you can't handle someone criticizing your lifestyle, why are you looking at it? Um, but anyways, so a, a bit about my experience. So I was in a relationship with a guy and um, it was actually his idea because I went to study abroad. Oh, God. So what, oh, what happened God. is I went to study abroad and we were like long distance relationship. Um, and he was like oh, babe, like, I'm just so horny. I want to, like, fuck around or whatever. And at the time, because I was still, like, live femme, pick me, brainwashed, I was like, oh, babe, like, you know, I, I, like, weirdly felt, like, compassion for my boyfriend for the fact that he wanted to cheat on me. Live <laughs> <laughs> femmes will have you out here looking stupid. Like, honestly. <laughs> I'm, like, cringing at myself and, like, my thought process because, okay, so the thing is, there's a few twists and turns in this story. So he ends up convincing me, like, we should have an open relationship. And he's like, oh, well, you're studying abroad. Like, I'm sure you'll have fun. I found out after the fact, apparently there was a girl he had already been seeing. Of course. And like they were already fucking. Of oh, course. Oh my gosh. What ended up happening is um, him and that girl didn't work out and he struggled to find another partner after this. Like he, he couldn't get like, you know, he, they had a bit of a fling. She dumped him and he wasn't able to find anyone else after that. Meanwhile, I'm studying abroad and I'm having the time of my life. Oh my god, this is always the story, isn't it? When like the guy wants to open it up and then he realizes that that pussy landed to dry for him. And so, and here's here's the other thing. Is, That's um, how it um, always goes. The guy goes, hey, can we open it? And then his chicks are like, yeah, I'm getting tons of dick. And he's like, oh, it's not how I expected this to work out. I really wanted to not do like a whole backpacking thing. Like I'd... You know, and I don't like backpacking. It's just dirty and you're staying in hostels. And I wanted to travel with style. So I ended up actually finding a sugar daddy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you did. This oh is my the other gosh. confession. Confession number two. Sorry, don't judge me, ladies. But <laughs> no, no judgment zone. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up uh, meeting this guy from Switzerland who was insanely rich. Um, we sort of got together. We met online and, you know, we got together and um, we ended up like traveling Europe together. Right. And he bankrolled the whole thing. I had some of the best experiences of my life fine dining you know going to resorts you know designer clothes he wow. actually bought me an apartment okay like he and i don't i don't want to be i don't want people listening to this to think that i'm like promoting being a sugar baby because the end result of this was that like he he got me an apartment that was better but then he actually ghosted on me and so i just got evicted like i couldn't pay the rent on this apartment so i actually got evicted mm. um <gasps> one for like, the boys like a very high high to a very low low which is why i think being a sugar baby is ultimately very <laughs> risky because if you're hitching your car to some guy you have no control over whether he's going to continue bankrolling you. You don't want to be in a situation where he's paying for your housing and he can withdraw that support at any time. And in which case you're just screwed. But anyways, that, there was a lot of stuff that happened. Um, <laughs> she did get a... My boyfriend back in Canada, he... Um, back in Canada? He was not pleased. Like when I was talking about... Like, oh, you don't say! Experiences that I was having that were... You amazing. don't he say! Was super jealous, obviously. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and it got to a point where he was like, oh, you know... Um, 
I, I've re- I've reconsidered. Like, I want to close our relationship again. Right. <laughs> you, you know, like he 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 wasn't comfortable with this. <laughs> like he was no longer comfortable with it. And I was at that point, I was just like, well, too fucking bad. Like, I'm having a good time. You, you were the one who opened this Pandora's box. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna close it just because you changed your mind because you're not having as much fun as me. That's the thing. They only want it if it doesn't actually make you happy. It, it, that's exactly it. Like, he only asked for the open relationship because he wanted permission to cheat on me openly. Uh huh. Um. Yes, they And do. then when that didn't work out for him. And I opened up the relationship and I ended up having a great time. That's when he was like, nope, we can't have this. Like, shut it down. Back to monogamy. We ended up breaking up over this, right? Um, obviously, like, this is an era. He actually, so funny thing, he actually made a post on Reddit that he shared with me. And he, of course, painted it in a way of like, oh, these Redditors really, suck. You know, my girlfriend wanted to open up the relationship and I'm not comfortable with it. Like, he made it seem like it was my idea. Oh, oh my gosh. And so it ended up being one of those ones on the relationship subs where... I was made out to be like the bad guy and he was the innocent victim. Of course, all the comments were like, oh my gosh, you need to break up with her. She's evil. You know, he sent me this link. Like, I don't know what he was thinking because I read the actual post. This is this is full of lies. I don't know why you're asking the internet to gaslight me on your behalf. This can is the thing that men do. They go post one-sided stories on the relationship subs and then they share it with their girlfriend so that they can be like, see, there's all these. Look, again, we're listening to a one-sided story right now. People agreeing with me. Look how many upvotes they have. Or look how many upvotes I have. Um Anyways, long story short, the whole polyamory it's thing like kind of worked out for me. It did work out for him. it did kind of work out for him. Gross. Poor little Tim. Poor little Tim. It didn't work out for him, as we say. In the US, we say he fucked around and found out. That, and that yeah. was my brief stint in polyamory. But yeah, the, the sugar baby thing definitely did not work for me. Like I, After that experience, I was just like so traumatized. I never wanted to go there again. I just had trust issues. And it's a weird dynamic with sugar babies because if you ask for any like safeguards or ask for any like security or guarantees, there's almost this implication of like, oh, well, there's thousands of other girls out there who don't have all these demands. So, you know, I'm just going to go for them kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, I do think the lack of security is deliberate because that's their leverage over you. Yeah. Like they'll even kind of imply that, oh, there's like thousands of, you know, beautiful college girls out there don't have any boundaries. And so if you have any boundaries, then, then I'm just going to move on kind of thing. So you're almost like socially coerced into, well, that makes sense, right? Because a lot of times abusive people like to foster a sense of dependency, right? That's part of the whole thing. And the other thing is I was 19 years old. Okay. So I was young. I didn't really know a whole lot about you know, I, I don't know. I was vulnerable. I didn't really, and I'm interacting with men who are like in their 30s and 40s. They're they have much more life experience than me. Yeah, and, and they also have a ton of more money, which you didn't have any problem taking advantage of that part. You know, I don't know. I was I was young and stupid. I didn't didn't know better, but it was it ended up not working out for me. But I, I'd never really tried polyamory again after that, just because it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth after that. Um, the other unexplored aspect of it, um, and something I have talked to some women about is that this is kind of the polyamory thing was sort of a safe way to be bisexual if you were a woman um now it's become much more open and it's fine to be a person who is bisexual openly but sometimes it also attracts women who are really trying to come to grips with their sexuality and it's almost like a stepping stone to say well we are we are in a relationship right um for women who are bisexual i think they're just better off only dating women like um you know why like why involve a man at all? <laughs> like if you have if you have the option of dating other if you have the option of not dating men, why? Well, because they're not really bisexual. They're just like for fun that week bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> it's just performative straightness, right? I guess yeah, like heteronormativity kind of stuff. Yeah, you know when you're on Tinder and there's like the the Tinder couples and uh, they're looking for a third. Oh God, they're never looking for another man, right? And that's the other thing about Paul. No. they're always looking for a quote unquote unicorn, right? 
They're, yes. they're the unicorn hunters. They're never looking for another man, or very rarely. And that's another thing that is fucking bullshit about polyamory <laughs> is the fact that uh, they're basically treating all these other women as like a sex toy for their shit relationship. Yeah, it's very, very weird because I'm like, you want me to be part of your awkward relationship dynamic? Uh, like, <laughs> I don't even like being part of my own awkward relationship dynamics. Why would I insert myself into somebody else's? And most of these people, like their relationship is on the rocks anyways. Like I, I'm firmly of the belief that if you have to ask your partner to open up your marriage or become polyamorous your relationship's already doomed <laughs> and you're it's just a last last ditch effort to try to save things but it's that's not probably true savable it's doomed yeah like i mean i've known um a few for example low value guys who've admitted to me and said you know when i asked to open up my relationship like one of them was a dom who was in a relationship with a, a woman dom. who wasn't into the scene so he was like i need to see some i basically need to abuse submissives because it's what i need um and they opened up on that basis and surprise surprise it didn't work out so and those ones actually are kind of gross to me because it's very like madonna horror complex ish right like yeah you know my girlfriend or my wife isn't into bdsm and i respect her so i'm not going to do those I, we've even seen reddit posts where like a girl is the third and he says to her straight up like i respect my wife too much to do these things to her yeah and then she's like wait so he's saying that he doesn't respect me yes yes yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is correct a ding 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 left-wing fairy tale where they always think that these guys really love them deep down and all these men who pay for sex with them or invite them to these situations where they're clearly at a disadvantage in their head. They're like, Oh, he respects me. But when you listen to what men actually say, and they say this very explicitly sometimes in addition to, you know, passive aggressively, they don't respect these women. They don't do these things to women they respect. Yeah. And that actually brings, goes full circle back to the like sex work stuff. I don't know if we want to talk get into sex work. That the whole sex industry is its own thing, but prostitutes say all the time, like, oh, half my clients are married men, or most of my clients are married men, and they do stuff with me that they wouldn't want to do with their wife. Like, how can you say that and think that there's nothing wrong with that? That's not a compliment to you. They always think that the wife's a harpy. Oh, what are you getting into prostituting for the compliments? Right. That's that's the other subtext with sex workers saying that. And you see that a lot of times. They're the they're the side chick, right? Oh, his wife doesn't understand him. There's even like a sex worker that made a TED talk like that. That was basically like, oh, a lot of guys come to me for emotional support they're not getting with their wives and girlfriends. And so I'm just telling you got you girls what they need. Emotional like, prostitution. They're probably garbage husbands. That's why. They're probably a terrible husband. That's why they're not getting emotional support. And the thing is, they probably they probably are getting emotional support. These men go to these sex workers and they just lie. Right. <laughs> like, they lie. They'll say, my marriage is shit. Like, my wife's not putting out. We're almost done here, folks. They're just We're almost done here, a folks. complete lie. That's why they don't leave their wife. They act like it's some kind of precious secret that they're only being told. And I'm like, this is the most pick-me ignorance I've ever seen. Again, every time you find yourself just base value taking what men say to you, Human really check left. yourself. Because they create these Five. whole narratives out of nothing. Spinning webs of lies to justify their nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Cap, cap, cap it. <laughs> it's the capping, isn't it? Like, this is the capping, like that article said on the They're website. They're saying, like, these chicks are too old to be saying capping. <laughs> Come on. It's like turning Pinocchio into a real boy. Men will say something and Come just, on. they don't even believe it themselves. They'll just say it and just hope that, you know, a woman latches onto it and believes it. They just need one woman for it to, for it to work for them and that's it. Sex work Twitter is a, a landmine, but there was one um, woman I saw describing her sex work and saying that she got treated nicer by her Johns than any guy in her real life and was kind of bragging about That's it. That's so sad. It made me so sad. And I was like, you almost can't even say anything to him because you're like, girl, that's actually tragic. And I feel it's kind of sad. bad because I want to tell you, no, they're not treating you well at all. But then I also don't want to clearly break your very fragile sense of self, already fragile sense of self. So it's, it's like a, a balance between telling these women the truth and then not destroying them by the truth yeah it reminds me a lot i have a friend who, this is punishment for um, me you guys it's in this really in a relationship with this guy named josh i fucking hate josh okay so oh josh her, and his low value man is the worst person ever 
I'm using his real name, by the way. Fuck Josh. <laughs> Fuck Josh. <laughs> Fuck you, Josh. I want Josh out there to hear this and be like, I am trash. Yeah, Josh, you Fuck are Josh. trash. Okay. Anyway, so he's like, <laughs> like 10 years older than her. And because she's been in an abusive relationship, like every single relationship she's ever had was physically and emotionally abusive. And because this guy doesn't actively beat her, she's like, oh my gosh, he's like one of the good ones. And like, you know, he treats me better than any man I've ever been with. And I'm like, that's, true. Girl, that's not, that's not a flex. Okay. That's it's not something to be proud of. That's really, really sad. And so I don't like how women have been set up to have such low expectations where a guy walks along who doesn't actively beat her, actively abuse her. And she's like, wow, he's, he's a great guy. He's one of the good ones. Like they have not earned that title. Pick me stories are the worst. There is yet another one from uh, Twitter where a woman was describing, this is actually one of, I think our most upvoted posts on, on the subreddit, but she was talking about how she had broken her leg and they, she was making Ouch. out with this guy and then she couldn't cause it was painful. And so he stopped and she was like, I thought that was the nicest thing any guy's ever done for me. Uh, he stopped having sex with you and like, let you stay. Basically, he let her stay and watch the movie with him. And I'm like, that's the nicest thing. He did kick you out immediately after having, you know, because you didn't have sex with him. And I was just yeah, like, you oh women got to get God. your standards up. I don't know what to Some say to stuff like that, because I'm like, that's bare minimum, sis. Bare minimum. That's not even bare minimum. That's just like being a decent person, not kicking someone out in the middle of the night because they couldn't have sex with you in that moment. Like, what the heck? And the sad thing is, is like that actually does happen all the time. Like there have been times where like, here's the thing. If ladies listening, ladies who are listening in on this, the guy asks you to his place. He wants to fuck you. <laughs> Okay. Yes. I don't care what Correct. he says. Just cuddle. Just a cuddle. Correct. You just want to cook together, just Netflix and chill, whatever. No. If you go to his place, he has the expectation that you're gonna have sex. Okay. So I mean if you in, and- if you invite him over, also he thinks he's gonna have sex. If you meet him at a hotel room, have sex. Unless you are okay with having sex. And even then, you're allowed to say no at any time and leave. But there have been times where, you know, I, I go to a guy's place and for whatever reason I just didn't want to have sex. And they would just kick me out in the middle of the night. <gasps> they don't care. No. Like, as, long as, as soon as you put up a boundary, they're like, okay, you're of no use to me. Like, get out. What? Well, because you're dicking them around. I mean, you got to tell them, I guess. I don't know. Seriously. So, I mean, I, I'm quite inexperienced in this area because I wouldn't. But I, I can't believe they would do that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's and kind that, of a bit much, but there's for sure guys who would do that. But I mean, I've been kicked out of a girl's house before. Like, not just not even. Not because I don't want to fuck with her. She was just sex. like. Sex. Like, they're. they're I, don't know I remember. Me. Like, I said something that was, like, mildly offensive to a guy, and he, you know, kicked me out. And it wasn't even that bad. We were, like, watching, like, a true crime documentary about, um... Okay, everybody, there's a lot of confusion here with the, <laughs> with the pick-me. It's pick-me, like, P-I-C-K, me, and it's basically girls who are easy, essentially. All these girls who are vying for male's attention, they're not pygmies, like, whatever those... What are pygmies again? Like, some African thing? They're pick-me's. They're like, pick-me, 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 and they're just easy and vying for men's attention, and these women don't like it. They're essentially scabs. They're like union scabs. A woman going to a guy's place for a date. He murders her. And I made a joke. Ugh, I, like, I hate when guys oh, murder hope women. you don't do that to me. And he just lost it. Like, he just was like, I can't believe you would even imply that I would do such a thing. And, uh, yeah, like, just didn't understand that I was fucking joking and then kicked me out. I was like, wow, fuck you. Oh, okay. When you well, look you at the way that, that men will defend the stupidest boundaries for no reason, and you see a lot of women mulling over whether we should defend legitimate boundaries and then all the pygmies in media coming for us it just it feels patently unfair and it feels very sexist that everybody's everybody is invested in telling women that our boundaries are messed up and wrong and aren't being set right and i'm just like we're going to be the 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 light in the tunnel and at the end of the dark tunnel that's like whatever you feel deep in your heart honor it it doesn't matter if he just eats his food wrong and you don't want to look at it anymore girl get up and leave yeah that's fine get up if and he leave wrong if he has a weird lisp if, uh, actually no yeah, I you're, say that. that's, you're that's definitely not gonna die alone with these standards <laughs> Never far enough. But, um, no if he pisses you off 
I don't know. Say you don't like guys with the name Brandon or whatever. Like dump him. I mean, but ultimately, a Brandon. an interpersonal or like personal relationship is different to a work relationship or any other kind of relationship. You can be as discriminatory as you, I mean, as you want. Like there is nothing wrong with that because the because the amount of you know physical, emotional, mental investment in a personal relationship, like a romantic relationship is quite different to any other. So, like, the men who tend to have the biggest issues with, like, women's standards are the ones who don't meet them. I mean, a.k.a. the men who don't matter anyway. You know, let them be mad. Yeah, like, who cares if you're alienating low-value men, okay? That is the whole point. Yeah, who cares if yeah, they're it's not to gonna get mad. Cha- I thought it was the mad. point was to change them to high-value men, to fix them. I'm sure there are people who complain or fix that them via um, alienation. the Rolls-Royce is too expensive, but the people complaining, it's not my... Chicks, these chicks are not ro- ah, these chicks are not Rolls Royces. I can't believe them even. anyway because the people that can actually afford nerve. a Rolls Royce will pay for it without complaining. So you're not a Rolls Royce. Whenever a guy is doing something shitty and then a woman is like, "I don't like this. I want to have a boundary about this." There's always people <laughs> going, "Oh, but all men are like that. If you want a relationship, you have." It's most commonly said in the context of porn, right? Um, my boyfriend is a porn addict and I hate it. And then all the replies are like, "All men watch porn. So if you want a boyfriend, you have to." You have to put up with that. No, you don't. You do not have to put up with it, okay? You don't have to put up with porn. Yeah, you don't have to put up with porn. I'm going to call them on their bluff. And if they go, oh, all men watch porn. If you want a relationship, you have to put up with it. I'm going to go, no, thanks. I don't want to put up with it. Um, So I don't want a relationship. Thanks. That is like the key there. Like, ladies, if there's something that your guy's doing, sexually or otherwise, that you don't like, you don't need to negotiate down your boundaries. You're not missing something. You don't need to uh, communicate with him in a way that doesn't hurt his feelings or whatever. Just break up with him. That's it. It's that yeah, simple. Just That's do our it. show. Another one in the box. Oh, Woo! thank right. God we made it. Oh, <laughs> my God. I have female dating strategy.com as well as our Patreon at Patreon. I have never been more exhausted in my fucking life. Holy shit. Okay. That is it. That's it, guys. We've done it. We technically banged out four episodes today, although two of them we skipped, which we didn't need to listen to that nonsense. So we're getting there. We're getting to the point where we're going to catch up. I can't wait till we do. Thanks. Honestly. For the kings and the queens who have been watching this for the last... How long have we been going here? This is three three hours almost since the start of the stream. If you have been with me for three hours, you are a king. You are a queen. You are not low value. Do not let anybody tell you otherwise. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining in. That was fun. I am fucking exhausted from that. I cannot begin to... I can't even understand how tired I am from going through that. Shout out to whoever, I don't know, did I suggest the the increasing the speed? Anyways, the increasing the speed thing, a bit of a hack. We're going to implement that uh, more in the future. I hope that was okay for anybody who's listening. If you want to support the low value universe, please, uh, you know, join the YouTube page. You can just hit that join button or become a scrote or uh, sign up at the Patreon, patreon.com slash low value mail. Uh, for those of you who enjoy the show, Low Valley Mail will be back this Tuesday night at 9 p.m. To the rest of you, uh, I will see you on the next female dating strategy stream. I am out. Have a good Sunday night. Later to the kings and the queens. Peace out. Bye, everybody.